Where are you? I'm at the down on the championships in Wollongong, the gong. No shit. Is something happening there or are you just doing work there? Dude, when you when you canceled last week and I got the new time, I was like, this is going to work out perfect. I'm going to arrive in Wollongong the day before the down under championships and we're going to have the call of this uh, glorious backdrop. So, uh, yeah, I'm not working this weekend. I'm just watching some CrossFit. Dang. It, what's going on? There? What, it, it's, it's, and that's the event called the down under championships. Yeah, so Rob Forte's uh, event. And, uh, yeah, got some indies, got some teens, got a bunch of Americans came over. That's awesome. Hey, can you guys hear? Um, oh, no sound. You can't hear Vikey well. Hold on. Let me, I'm going to turn up his mic. We're having some problems with guest sounds. How about that? Are, are you guys good with that? Hello. Guys... Check, check. I hear him How's good. How's that audio team? Yeah. You used to work with uh, Vakey back in the day. Excited for this. Am I pronouncing your name right? Vakey. 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 You got it. <laughs> Vakey, yeah. Pr- Vakey, pronounce your last name for me. It's a Beth. It's a Beth. It's a Beth. What is like that? Elizabeth, like Elizabeth, but. It's it's Dutch German, I believe, is the uh, the origins. Yeah, but I'm South African. Yeah, yeah. And 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 um, we only knew each other from Instagram, and then we uh, met at the games, and then we got to like say hi at the games, just um, informal, but but intimate. Just yeah, because because was... everyone's like, everyone's kind of in an intimate state there, but but there's not really time to interact. It was amazing watching you at the games, actually, because I've only really seen you on the podcast. And you were very different at the games. You were very focused. You were very, um, what's the right word? You were very reserved. You were just focused on your work. And I don't know, I feel like you were different at the games. I liked it. That was good. Oh, cool. Thank you. You, um, you know, what's funny is when I looked around, I'm glad to hear you say that because I, I, I admire your work and I view you also as a hard worker. And I was, I was um, amazed at how little most of the camera people actually worked. Like around me, our peer group. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Film some shit. <laughs> well, I guess I guess to their defense, most creators will have like an athlete or two to focus on. Right. I guess you were telling the sto- you were telling you were telling the story of all eighty athletes. I guess. Or right. you, what happened to the footage? Have you have you lost your footage to the uh, behind the scenes stuff? Yes, yes. Don't it. tell anyone. This is breaking news. You've lost hey, it. Um, the the thing is this. I, I I hear you and I appreciate what you're saying. Uh, I, you're you're right, and there is like something like you don't want to come home with too much footage, but the uh, the window is so small. So as I was, so you only have seven days. So I'm like, motherfuckers, keep that record on. I was scrolling through your Instagram extensively, and there, back a couple years, you're like, hey, kind of, I'm paraphrasing, but you said something like, hey, sitting around today, um, just thought I just dug up some old footage and put this together and it's a crazy rich froning reel right this is from like two or four years ago you're not going to get that crazy you didn't get that because you were sitting around being like well here i'm only here to work with uh matt you know what i mean like when you were there you if i said to you hey do you have any footage of aunt haynes you're probably like yeah well, of course i shot him he's beautiful you know what i mean you're like <laughs> of course i would slow yeah. his shirt off and so yeah i mean i just i just felt like i, w- I was surprised in the in the in the warm up area, and I know it's also very intimidating, but I was just surprised to see a lot of people standing around. That's it. Maybe maybe I'm. Old. I think also the um. Yeah, I think the landscape's changed a bit as well. Like in the past, you could just film whatever you want and use the footage as you please. Right. I feel like these days, brands and camps they put more limitations around, more restrictions around the creators. They outline before the event starts, hey, you're only shooting for us, so um, you can't be posting stuff of other athletes or you know um 
so there are yeah there are other restrictions now that I maybe wasn't in. Are there really What's rules it? like that? Are there rules like that? I didn't even yeah. know. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. With some brands, like some brands and and cams will uh, will outline the kind of parameters that you're allowed to film and shoot and release stuff for sure. Yeah. I, I guess you can't yeah. be like um uh, I, I can't be under there shooting footage of uh, Katrin and then uh, selling it to Puma. Here you go. That's it. Right. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Exploit the shit out of her. Uh, three shows yeah, yeah. One in one day. Uh, all warm up for this one, baby. All warm up Let's for this. <laughs> Stop uh, it. Zaki, how old are you? I am 37 years old. No shit. 37 years young, I just say. Yeah, dude. Young ass. Youngest man alive. And and um and I used to accuse you of being older than me. You did. <laughs> I think it's one of the first things you ever, when you mentioned my name for the very first time on your podcast, you said something along the lines of, oh, that's that old, that's an older South African dude, right? Or something along those lines. And so um, I was compelled to make a uh, a video about that. I don't know if you remember the video I made about you. I do. Saying that. Yeah. Love it. First sight. Let, uh, anyone yeah, in the, yeah. uh, please, everyone in the chat who thinks he looks older than me, please speak up. There's not. <laughs> there's no, there's no way, bro. <laughs> uh, 37 years old in, in, um, when I, when I, when I rolled back in your Instagram, um, 2015, you were coaching and now nine years ago, you were coaching. Um, it, t tell me how, how is, um, where were you nine years ago and how'd you get to that spot? Yeah, I was a affiliate owner for eight years. I owned uh, two affiliates. So I started my first affiliate in Auckland, New Zealand back in 2011. And I sold that gym in 2009, team. So I, yeah, I ran that for eight, eight years. Um, coached, coached maybe five classes a day straight for eight years. So, you know, hundreds of hours on the coaching floor and every CrossFit uh, certification imaginable. Like, I just, you know, in the early days, I just went into every single CrossFit cert that was out there. I did, you know, all the way from kids to endurance to weightlifting, the whole lot. Um, so I lived, lived and breathed, uh, affiliate ownership and coaching for, for a long time. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that's why you saw the coaching stuff. Yeah. So many questions around that first, why did you get into CrossFit? Why'd you get into coaching? So I knew like I was maybe eight years old when I started going to the gym with my dad and I knew from a very young age that I would do something in the sports or fitness realm. That's kind of what I love to do from a young age. And so straight out of high school, I went and studied my sports science degree. So I did my three-year sports science degree and then just went on to be an instructor at Globo Gym uh, for two or three years before I found CrossFit. There was actually, um, there was three of us at the same Globo Gym that found CrossFit.com around the same time. Around 2009, we found, we stumbled across CrossFit.com at the Globo Gym. Started doing CrossFit workouts at the Globo Gym. Oh, it's my dad. Yeah, this is That's the guy you knew. Yeah. yeah, but but you knew, but you knew. You mentioned him, right? This is the guy that got you going. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's the man. Um, yeah, he dragged me to the gym with him. Yeah, as a youngster, as a eight-year-old. Um, and he was he was doing just a circuit. He was doing like a strength circuit, you know, like eight machines, fifteen reps, you know, three sets type of thing. And I remember sitting in the gym as a youngster, thinking, "This is cool, but something's missing." I knew that there was it could be done better, you know. Um, this is before I knew about CrossFit. Um, and so when I stumbled across, when I came across CrossFit.com, I realized that this is it. This is fitness with community. This is what it's supposed to look like. And so um, 
three of us instructors left the same gym in the same month and started three affiliates in Auckland um, in the same in the same month back in 2011. We actually filled up a shipping container from China uh, together. We chipped in. Uh, there was no like equipment companies back in those days. You can buy you couldn't buy kettlebells or barbells from anywhere. And so we all just filled up a container from China and brought that over and started three CrossFit gyms in in, uh, in Auckland. Yeah. Hey, did you guys all do your level one at the same time? Around the same time, yeah. Probably all around the 2009, 2010 mark, yeah. Do you remember who taught your level one? I actually think Adrian Bosman came over to um, to our level one in New Zealand. I think he was at my level one or my level two. Um, yeah, we had Boz at one of them. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Mike Bergen came over for the, for the weightlifting. Do, do you remember why you signed up for the level one? I know it's a long time ago, but do you remember what finally had you go, okay, fine. I know it's two days. I'm going to spend this thousand bucks. Yeah, I mean, I knew I wanted to own an affiliate. So, you know, to do that, I had to have my level one to apply. So uh, that was the motivation initially. I didn't think I'd learn much because I had this three-year sports science degree. And I can honestly say with all confidence that I learned more in those three, two, two days at the level one I, did my, I couldn't tell you what I learned in my three-year sports science degree. I can't recall anything. Um, but the stuff I learned in my two-day level one uh, still is with me now, and I still believe in and and, uh, and preach. So, yeah. How fascinating is that? The first time I heard that was at Tennessee Tech, and it was from the strength and conditioning coach there that Rich Froning was working under. Um, I think, what was his name? Kip? Kip Hughes? I think I have his name wrong a little bit. What do you, why do you think that is? How does, how do these people go through these two, three, four year degrees in kinesiology, the health sciences, and then they do this two day CrossFit course and they're just like, they have their eyes just popped open. Yeah. Well, it's, it's theory, it's, it's theory versus reality. Like, like I think CrossFit has such a real life application. It's a lot more applicable to everyday life. Learning you know, as, a, as an 18 year old out of school, you don't know what you want to do. You kind of, you know, you go and do the sports science degree, not really having the passion or the, yeah, the buy-in, I guess, that you do when you decide that you want to start a CrossFit affiliate or you want to become a CrossFit coach. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's simpler and it's it's um, it's more applicable to everyday life than the, you know, the the science stuff that you learn, but not really, you can't really see it take place in real life, if it makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah, I like it. Sports, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I like the way you said that. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm using your brain. Thank you, though. Uh, applicable and uh, and not abstract. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Applicable and not abstract. Hey, hey, yeah. Why did you sell your gym, Vakey? So mainly because I fell in love with creating content. Mm -hmm. um, but also, so I moved from Auckland to Australia in 2016. I didn't sell the gym until 2019. So for three years, the gym in Auckland ran without me being there. It ran with a manager in place. Okay. So, and okay, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm 51. Okay. Uh, Auckland's in New Zealand. Yeah, that's it. Okay. 2016. Uh, you opened the gym in Auckland, or, or sorry, start over one more time. Say that again. I, I wrote it down so I can look at it while you say it. Yeah. So the gym opened in 2011. Uh, okay. In 2016, we moved away to Australia from New Zealand. Okay. And but I didn't sell that gym in Auckland until 2019. So there's a three-year gap where I was over in Australia running the gym remotely. 
And I think when you are removed from your gym that far, you kind of lose touch of the community. Um, and it's just not the same. Like when you're, when you're in there coaching and you're doing life with the people in the gym, um, it's, it's your life. And then when you move to a different country, yeah, you lose touch of that. And, uh, and yeah, I just felt like it was time to kind of to sell that. Um, yeah. By saying that, I also started a gym here on the Gold Coast uh, in Australia when I moved here. And that gym went horribly, like it, it just never grew. Um, I ended up closing that three years later. And so I think the combination of having a failed gym and being so far removed from my original gym, I think it just, yeah, I was just kind of, I feel like, I feel like I'd done my, you know, done my years, done my dash and uh, was ready to move on to something different. So, yeah. What year did you leave South Africa? 2002 as a 15-year-old with my family, yeah. Hmm. Were you guys leaving hardship? No, we, uh, no, we had a great, great life. Um, dad had his own business. Mum was a teacher. Um, I think dad just had the foresight to see, to know that, you know, for the kids, for the kids future, it wasn't a great place to stay. And so, um, yeah, thank God we, uh, we got out of there and now, yeah, have an amazing life here. So it's pretty, uh, it's pretty tough going over there in South Africa. Um, from what I understand, it's, it's two extremes. You're either doing really well or you're doing very poorly. There's no kind of middle middle class as such you know like you're either on the street or you're doing really well um it's, it's a tough tough place to make it these days and um uh, you know people talk about gaza as being the world's largest uh, uh, open air prison uh there's a strong component of that also because of the violence and the tensions in south africa when you're there at least the times that i've been there there's a very serious component of that like you're like where, how come there's no one on the streets how comes no one's walking around how come no one's sitting at these outdoor cafes well, because shit could go horribly wrong. It, it, there is a prison feeling there when I'm there. Like, oh shit, shit's tight. It, it, shit's too tense. Yeah, sure. I mean, I never experienced that growing up because um, it was yeah, we're we were in a pretty safe little town, and uh, you kind of just grow up there. You don't re you don't you don't know anything different, you know. Um, right, right, right. Yeah, so I never felt threatened or in danger or anything. I had a great great upbringing. Um, yeah, I, I miss I miss other country. But even in the nice parts there, I mean, even uh, fortunately for us, the United States is massive, but we have these pockets now that have grown in the last couple of years that are just like have become real. I mean, they've always we've always had pockets, but now they're growing big. Now they're we used to have one section of San Francisco. Now it's all of San Francisco. Now, San Francisco is tiny, 10 by 10 miles compared to all of California. But what I'm saying, I guess, is that South Africa's had that for a while. Yeah, 100 yeah, percent. Yeah, 100 percent. It's always been lots, lots of tension. Yeah. Um, not only between the the whites and the blacks, but also between all the tribes within Africa. Right. You know, right? Um, so there's yeah, there's always been it's always been tension there for sure. Yeah, isn't that a yeah? Um, mm. in 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 this country, just to be clear, it's off subject a little. But in this country, it's not even necessarily between the whites and the blacks. It's just just huge swaths of our country have been taken over by drug addicts. Who yeah. actually, now that I think about it, I, they're all white. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, largely thanks to the uh, well, largely thanks to the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and and our we got a border problem. We it's really easy if you want to bring drugs in. Uh, I, I know I know a guy. Uh, so so at fifteen you move and you come to uh, you guys go to New Zealand, Auckland, and then yeah, um, uh, yeah. yeah. Is that fair? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Started in a smaller town and then moved to Auckland. Yeah. Okay. New Zealand's pretty small. It's one one big city, really. And then and then how did where did you meet your wife? And when? How old were you? Yeah, so she's Auckland, born and bred. She's a Kiwi, as mm -hmm. they call them, uh, a New Zealander. Um, we met at the gym, or at, ch at the church slash gym, um, in 2000 and, 
we got married in 2010. We probably got we probably met in 2009. Yeah, around 2009. So around the same time I came across it, really. In fact, we actually uh, we went to we we went to the states in 2011. Um, just a, a trip around. We did like a round the world trip, and we um, we were in the states. And I, I went to a bunch of CrossFit gyms on that trip. I actually bought myself a Rogue timer um, for the new gym that I was going to start later that year. And um, at customs, they pulled me over because they they saw this timer, this big clock that I was taking on, you know, carry on. And um, yeah, you know, they thought it might be uh, might be something suspect. So that was a Rogue a Rogue timer that I bought on our little around the world trip. So um, so yeah, met my wife in about 2009. Got married in 2010. Um, so I would have been what's that? Thirteen years ago, I would have been twenty through twenty-four. Yeah. Did you have a when you opened your first gym, Becky? Did you have another job? Yeah, I actually was working for the New Zealand, New Zealand Police mm. as a um, not as a police officer, but as a civilian. So I was working in the recruiting department, doing all their fitness testing for them. So I would take the police, the young police officers, or the the guys that want to become police officers and did the tests, did the 5k run tests and the push-up test and took them through that. So helped with the recruiting department. Yeah. And um, did you, and you did both for a while? Did the, did your job at the police department um, subsidize your gym? Uh, yeah. So luckily my boss there, the inspector was really uh, accommodating. I, I was working five days a week and he allowed me to drop down to three days to focus on the gym two days and just slowly kind of switch the, the ratio until I was ready to, uh, to leave altogether. So um, but I mean, with a CrossFit gym, you can, you can coach from 5.30 till 7.30, you can do two classes, lock the gym up, go to work and then come back in the afternoon, you know, or have another coach take the lunchtime class. So um, I was kind of doing both coaching in the morning, coaching at night and working a full day at a normal job uh, for many years. Yeah. 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 That, that seems to be the route. Did you ever get to a place where you, you could just be full time at the gym? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So probably, probably only took a, a year, maybe a year. the first year was um doing both and then i think from year two i was full-time at the gym yeah did you introduce a crossfit to that police department or to the academy at all that's all i did with them so uh, the recruits only did crossfit yeah awesome. <laughs> yeah i wonder how many yeah, affiliates cool. you spawned off of that or how many l1s you sold i bet you it was a handful yeah i mean even this we probably put about 20 coaches through level ones i'd say over the years um yeah so yeah quite a few <laughs> Um, what did your, did your wife, does she, did she do CrossFit at the time? And what did she think about you um, going into the gym, into the gym space, the boutique gym space? Yeah. So as I said, she was coming to the Globo gym that I was working at. Um, she got incredibly fit kind of for six months to a year there, visiting the gym very frequently. Um, but then that seemed to drop off after we got, <laughs> after we got married. Um, but no, she did, she did come to the CrossFit gym. Um, it's not really her thing. So she would join the, uh, like the 930 mums class. Um, yeah, she's super supportive like you know she just whatever i'm into whatever i do she uh she fully supports me and, and always cheers me on but um yeah cross is not really not really her thing and 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 you need that it, it sounds like basically you're an entrepreneur at heart and you're in and you're taking not the easy road um uh, opening a crossfit gym and then going into content yeah exactly yeah very much so my dad always worked for himself and i always i could never I was never comfortable working for other people. I always wanted to do my own, do my own thing and kind of create my own path in life. So yeah, very entrepreneurial and um, yeah. And she's been gracious enough to just come along for the ride and uh, take the punches with me. And yeah, it hasn't been an easy road. It's been tough. Like affiliate own, affiliate ownership is uh yeah, it's not, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, it's not only very time consuming, but it's very emotionally draining. You got this whole community of people that you kind of 
love and take on not only as clients but as friends so you um kind of carry that emotional side as well so um yeah it was a wild ride there for a few years with the affiliate for sure i want to i want to jump ahead here just really quick and 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 then we'll we'll swing back just so for people don't know um please uh this is uh vakey's uh youtube channel um this is his 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 crossfit centric youtube channel and then you all is that fair to call it crossfit centric youtube channel this one yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and then you've also launched a golf channel. Yeah, <laughs> soft launch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't know what will happen to that. We'll see. Yeah, tell yeah. me. Did you just learn that term, soft launch, from watching um uh, that that Danielle Brandon? That's where I learned that term. The Danielle Brandon with the oh, okay. Is that where you learned it? No. No, no. I've always known the term soft launch. Yeah. You know what? Do you know what <laughs> I'm referring to? No, I don't. I missed oh. that one. There was there was like a post with her hand and then a guy's hand and it said soft launch. Ah uh, yes, like yes. they were kind of announcing yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. I, thought, gotcha. I thought that was so clever. Well, I'm I'm just I'm behind the time. Hey, what's, what's the golf um, YouTube channel? It's called Raw Golf. So R O A R Golf. Raw Golf. R O A R. It's, it's not It's not. Yeah, it's not happening at the moment. But hopefully next year will happen. Oh, oh, roar like roar like a lion. Yeah, that's it. Roar, roar golf. Now, is this inspired? Did you saw Nate Edwardson pivoted and he's ki he's killing it, right? Yeah, he's doing really he's doing really well. I mean, he's I definitely won't be doing any commentary uh, on his channel is very much about. Yeah, there you go. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Oh. Um, yeah, Nate's very much uh, commenting on the YouTube the YouTube golf space. So he comments on um, or, or delivers commentary on other golf YouTubers' channels. I guess. Um, I definitely won't be going down that route. I just enjoy playing golf and I enjoy creating, creating content. Were you inspired by his channel? Not really. Um, I mean, um, Nate's not, Nate's not a, um, and he would, he would agree to this. He's not a cinematographer. Like he's not a, he's not a videographer, you know, like he, he can turn a camera on and he can, he's good at talking a lot. Um, I'm more like, my thing is more about creating beautiful video. Like I'm more about the cinematics and making things look really pretty. Um, and so with the golf channel, that's what I'll hope to do is kind of yeah, make really beautiful golf content in the future. Hopefully um, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I guess inspired by the fact is because he, he's having so much success at it. I mean, it's such a massive space, right? Compared to CrossFit. Yeah. It's a big market for sure. I think my, my motivation of the golf is more because I love the sport. I love playing the sport and I want to document it. Um, okay. I don't really care too much about how, yeah, how much the channel grows or what, how the channel, channel performs and such. Yeah um yeah. tell me so you're so you're did you open your gym before before you met your wife your first gym or right around the same time you said which came first your gym or your wife my wife came first and then yeah. we opened the gym together yeah yeah got married in 2010 opened the gym in 2011 one year later had a child the year after 2012 so we kind of got got married opened a business had a child wow that that is moving. yeah and, and how and how many kids do you have I've got one. Um, we had a little boy. We've got a, we've got an eleven-year-old girl, Karis. She's eleven. Um, we had a little boy called Benji back in two thousand and fourteen. Um, he unfortunately at twenty at the twenty-week scan, we found out that he had some pretty severe brain disformalities, and so we were told that he would it would be a very high challenge. Or actually, they said, look, he could be very high challenge, you know, um, disability, or he could be fine. We don't know. Um, and when he was born, it was actually a lot worse than they thought, and he only lived for thirteen hours. Um, and so he passed away. Yeah. So that was 2014. That was, yeah, just two years after having our daughter. Um, and so, yeah, so if it's got, it's got Karis, we haven't been able to, we tried to have more kids after Benji, but this wasn't, uh, wasn't to be, wasn't happening. So 
um, yeah. When did you name him? Benji? Yeah. Um, pretty early on, I think. We, um, I think when we found out that he was sick, uh-huh. we, um, mm. we kind of shared with our community that, hey, we're, we're expecting this little boy. Um, and obviously, we asked our church to pray for him and stuff like that. So we, we kind of felt it was appropriate to kind of share his name. We already had chosen his name at that stage, but we kind of, um, yeah, shared his name and just kind of wanted to involve people in the story and really believe that he would, um, he would be all right, you know. So, um, yeah. So I think we, we kind of gave the name pretty early on, yeah. You remember how you came up with it? Um, no, I don't know why we chose Benji. Yeah, there's no real, uh, it's not, not in the family, any of the families. I think we just both just love, yeah, just love the name. Yeah. Um, why did you decide when you know at 20 weeks that he um, could have some severe disabilities or he could, oh, I guess, I guess they said, or he could be okay. They did, they did. Well, yeah, so with the with the condition you had, there's such a wide variety of kids that have that disability or that um condition. Some of them come out with very minor, you know, minor issues. Some of them come out with very major issues. It's really hard to tell. They can't really. Um, it's basically when the when the ridges ridges in the brain are accentuated, they're really deep ridges. So, um, yeah, so we, they couldn't tell us how severe it would be or what is you know. They said it would be to do with his like ability to speak and swallow. So it was kind of like from the neck up. Um, but yeah, they couldn't tell us, you know, what, how severe it would be. So we were just committed to have them regardless and, uh, just deal with the challenges as they can, as they came. So, yeah. Um, let me, uh, uh, pause here for a second. This is completely off topic. Um, uh, Rambler says, uh, Vicky and Craig Ritchie have similar content. I have an immediate reaction to that, but well, I'll tell you one second. And then Ram- he says, am I right or wrong? And then it says, uh, Vikey using green screen. So th- I think that there, I'm going to take a stab at this and then we'll let you go. There's two kinds of Vikies. There's a Vikey who's in front of his, uh, um, camera. That's a vlog and he's in his, uh, beautiful office and he talks to you and then you get to see him work out and he shares some thoughts with you. And it's a, it's very soothing content. Maybe that's the only similarity I see between him and Craig Ritchie. I think Craig Ritchie has very soothing content. He's very, um, uh, just, he, he, there's something soothing about him. He's j- I just watched one of his videos that was 20 minutes long. I have no idea what I fucking watched, but I was calm afterwards. Like I had been petting a dog or something. Um, but, um, but Vikey, uh, Vicky's, um, uh, videos, his, his video work is nothing he not even in any way similar to Craig Ritchie's like his content with athletes because Craig Ritchie makes what people call reaction video content. It's about him. So like I just watched a video where he visited Justin Medeiros and it's 80% Craig Ritchie and 20% Justin Medeiros. Yours is not that yours is beautifully shot cinematic stories about maybe um, uh, Katrin and uh, Matt's relationship uh, at the games. And you might see some like movement and then some deep conversation and then some movement and, and, and things like that. Is that a fair? Those are your two. And then go. You now you tell yeah, me. Yeah. Look, I don't know what my YouTube channel is. He's a vlogger and you're not a vlogger per se. Yeah, yeah. I think I have in the past I've done a lot of sit down commentary type stuff on the sport. I've kind of lost interest in that. If you've I don't know, if you follow my channel, you'll notice there's no real I haven't done any of those videos for a long time where I sit down and talk to the camera. I've kind of lost interest. Um interest in commentating on the sport talking about what's happening in the sport i do now do more vlog style content where um i like being out and about and telling a story with athletes or you know even just by myself so i think the last yeah so yeah i can't even remember when the last one is i made so is he more right is he more right than i am is your stuff more reaction stuff now 
no 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 so i i think i'm leaning and i'm leaning into just vlog style more so just just being just a vlogger but just telling you know it's just taking you along on my day or at the event you know just i'm not sitting down in front of the camera with a tripod and talking about the sport of crossfit anymore like i used to um i'm not saying i won't do that again but i just kind of i've just kind of lost interest in doing that um yeah so i'm a vlogger like craig is in a sense but again craig would tell you you know uh, he'll be the first one to tell you he's not a videographer like he'll he'll hire someone to shoot the b-roll for him to add to his vlogs at the games or you know where i'm a videographer by tra- like that's my job um mm-hmm. so uh yeah but i guess i guess that content's similar um people can hire you, out, you people have hired you out to make high-end commercials for their products yes yes yeah okay. where yeah so craig and craig and nate they don't that's not what they do you know they, they are youtubers right but they're not um, they're not videographers by trade yeah right yeah right um i'm a videographer having a crack at you having a crack at youtube you know having having a go did did someone pay you to go to the games this year I, did you work for matt this year at the games yeah it's my third year working for hwpo um as the main kind of videographer creating their vlog for the for that week yeah yeah dude that is fucking awesome i want to come back to that that is so awesome that you do that what a what it's the best yeah what an amazing gig to, to get to work with matt fraser okay um so so your second child that happens um and uh, crazy change your life or or you're at peace with it or how, how how does that does that change your trajectory like you're headed this way and, and you ricochet off another direction like all of a sudden you go to seminary school <laughs> no not quite not quite that but um yeah i mean the the months immediate or the two years immediately following benji passing you're kind of in this bubble this bubble of um of hurt that you, you feel like you're never gonna five, come out of sorry you had him for five months no 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 sorry no, we had him for 13 hours he passed away 13 oh, hours after oh, he was born like 20 weeks he was diagnosed okay you had him for 13 hours yeah okay. yeah okay yeah 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 did you actually but, bring him home even vicky so you know so in the hospital we basically so they had him on like support life support and pipes and things and kept him alive for 13 hours and then we had to make the call they basically said look he he needs to breathe on he needs to breathe by himself or, or it's not gonna happen so i literally was holding on my arms as they were taking the pipes out of him and i literally just watched watched the blood drain out like i watched him turn from pink to gray in my arms and so he just passed away in my arms and uh they took him away to do they do like autopsies and things on the babies and then we didn't realize um so we stayed in the hospital that night we didn't realize that we would see him again we thought he would just go away and then you know that'll be it um but then he actually came back from the autopsies and you actually have your baby your dead baby with you in the hospital room for like two days um if you want i guess and so we actually had his body with us in the hospital for like two days while, um, which is awesome it was, it was a beautiful thing while your wife recovers yeah yeah she had a c-section so while, while my wife recovers and just i guess while we grieve and whatnot um yeah we had him in the hospital room i think it was two or three days yeah um just with us there so yeah so it's crazy and so the months the month the, probably the, the year or two after that you're just in this um i mean this hold on, grief, I, yeah I'm bubble they allowed, allowed you to do that i can't believe they allowed you to do that that's pretty impressive in this day and age yeah and they, oh, it's, it's amazing and so they actually they actually send out a photographer to come and take photos with you and the family and the baby if you want and um, they make little mold like little molds of his hands and feet i've got little little molds at home um yeah, it was, it was incredible service actually at the hospital in Auckland. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, During yeah. those two days, is it just um, these crazy ups and downs of crying and laughing, crying and laughing like this? The, the, the few days immediately after was pretty peaceful. Like it was, um, 
yeah, it's so hard to explain the bubble you're in. Like, just nothing, nothing matters. It's just you and your wife, and your. We had a two-year-old daughter, but you know, at the time, so. Um, and she's, you just in there too? To, she's in there too. She's in there too with us. Yeah, she's there with her brother, and just um, that was the hardest part. Actually, was just watching her not quite understand why he's not responding, or you know, I remember saying like, "Wake up, baby, wake up, baby." You know, as a two-year-old, it was, just, it was heartbreaking to watch her kind of just deal with that, but um. Yeah, it's such a hard thing to explain, man. But it was it was brutal. It was, um, and then you know you go from that peaceful, peaceful time to real anger. Like I remember being so angry, um, the months after, you know, like especially at God, like why, yeah, why did you make, why did you let this happen? You know, and I remember just lashing out and just crying and screaming and swearing. I was, yeah, it's a real like, yeah, real rollercoaster ride for probably a good year or two there. Um, yeah, but now now being nine years on, um, you know, we're fully fully through it and fully healed up and it's actually been it's actually a really cool part of our story now so it's um yeah it's amazing i i know that gray um when my second twin was born he was completely gray he looked like a really bad um fake halloween baby like like a dead baby you might see at a halloween like store you know what i mean like it just looked like a fake baby and he came out we were at home and he came out and he was just, it was so limp that when they were holding him, his hands were touching behind him. It was crazy. And crazy. I thought, and then they resuscitated him within like 30 seconds. And, and so, so I, I know that gray, it's, it, you nailed it. It's a, it's just straight gray. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. You, you don't, uh, so, so, so you said you healed from it, but you don't, um, you're not the same. Like you're like, like me. No, so Worse, or you like you're a different human being now because yes, no, so I don't think we would have. More thing, uh, um, you said it's completely on, uh, um, it's a unique experience. Oh, you can't, you can't, yeah, you can't know it unless you're no rep, you can't be like, hey, go ride that roller coaster over there. It's similar to that one. There's no, it's not like, oh, your dog died. It's kind of like that. There's no, there's nothing. Yeah, I, no, I yeah, there's no, unless like you know, unless you want to do this trip, there's not one like it. This is what a unique, one of a kind trip. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So I guess coming away from that, I was like, you know what? Nothing in life matters anymore. Like I've lost my son. Um, I'll just do whatever. Like I'll do anything. I'll move countries. I'll sell a gym. I'll start a gym. I'll do whatever. Like I don't, I'm, I just lost my, I lost my fear and my preciousness over life because it was like, nothing really matters. You know, my son's gone. I'll just, well, let's just move to Australia. We've been talking about it. What, what are we doing? Let's just move. So, um, so there's a real, like him passing away was a real catalyst in the sense that, um, I was no longer scared to make decisions because I was like, nothing, not no failure can compare to that. Like if I move countries and it goes horribly wrong, or if I start a gym and it fails, it doesn't actually matter anymore. You know, like it's not, yeah, things just lost its power, I guess, um, which was, yeah, a real, real amazing thing. You were 27. Yeah, it would have been, yeah, 27. Yeah. Yeah. I'm showing off my math skills. I'm just showing off a little bit. Good job. Yeah. I'll I'm just trust you. I'll trust you on that. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, Benji is the reason we, finally moved to Australia. We'd been talking about it for years. Um, and after he passed away, we're like, stop it. This is, let's pack up and go. You know, I was so scared that the gym would fail in Auckland. I was like, if I'm, I was like, the gym relies on me. I'm the face of the gym. If we move countries, this affiliate's going to kind of die. And I didn't want that. But after Benji passed away, I was like, who cares? Let's just go. And uh, funny enough, funny enough, the gym actually thrived without me there. Crazy, crazy humbling in a way, or at least the effects of humbling, like, fuck it. No, you, nothing can hurt me now. I'm not ashamed of anything. I already fucking have like dealt with the worst blow life can deal. That's it. That's yeah. it. Exactly. And so we took the plunge and moved and, um, and the gym actually started performing better without me being there because 
finally there was space for the staff to step in and show their strengths and their skills. And um, I finally got out of the way. I was probably um, stopping a lot of growth in the business by wanting to do everything myself. So that was a big lesson actually, is just to get out of the way for other people to, you know, to help and, and see things move forward. So yeah, the gym did really well up until the day we sold it in Auckland. Yeah. Um, what happened to the relationship with your daughter? Um, I, I always, something that's really hits deep with me is I was always afraid to lose my parents. And once I had kids, when I would check in on that feeling, I noticed it had changed. Like, like maybe not even in a healthy way, like just like, okay, I lean on my parents. Maybe now I'm leaning on my kids. Like I have to check in on myself. How did, did that change your relationship with your daughter when, after what happened with your son, your son's passing? No, yeah, I think I probably became, there was definitely a period where I was scared of losing her as well. Um, you kind of become sensitive, like hypersensitive, you know, like what could happen to her now, you know, like um, I've lost my son. What maybe, what if I lose my daughter as well? So, um, but I guess I, you know, being a man of faith, I kind of uh, dealt with that, you know, um, pretty quickly. And I remember my wife, we, I remember the night that Benji passed away, we said to each other, we can do one of two things here. We can either let this hurt and this, this thing come between us and we can let it drive us apart. Or we can actually stand side to side, like you know, stand shoulder to shoulder and face this thing together and, and let, it, let it bring us closer. And that's exactly what it's done. Like it's just brought us so much closer, me and my wife. So I think, um, yeah, yeah, like his passing definitely made me and my wife's relationship even stronger and better. Um, and so I guess that has a good a positive flow on effect to, to our daughter as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, Karis, my daughter, is definitely spoiled. Like we definitely, uh, we definitely spoil her. You know, she's the only child and, uh, and we love her very much. So, yeah, we definitely spoil her. But, I'm right. I'm okay with that. You know? Um, yeah. You're, you're driving home from the hospital and you lean over to her and you say that line, like, Hey, we can either let this drive us apart. When does that conversation happen? Yeah, no, I think even in the hospital, even the hospital room, we said that to each other. Um, How did you know already that it could drive you apart? I don't know. I just, I guess we just knew that, you know, something this traumatic or this hurtful can, yeah, I guess you could spin out, you know, like you can, who knows what you turn to, you know, because of your hurt and your pain. So um, we just decided to, decide to turn to each other rather than turn to other stuff. And yeah. Um, like someone would blame the other person? Yeah, perhaps. I mean, I think my wife's probably, you know, my wife's a bit older than me. So she's, uh, she's got a sense of maturity, like a level of maturity that was, um, she's real level headed, real mature. She's uh, six years older than me. Mm-hmm. And so Bix is, um, yeah, she's just, yeah, I think she actually came up with that. She actually said to me, like, let's, let's make sure we, let's face this together. Let's walk this together, you know? So, um, yeah, she was, it was, it was amazing. Like when I fell apart, she was strong. When she fell apart, I was strong. And it's that, just that thing that marriage brings, you know, where you can kind of like just pick each other up and, um, yeah, just slowly work through it over time. Yeah. 27 years old. Uh, I wonder how much that grew you up fast, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, we'd already moved country then. Um, like a moving country is a massive thing in the south, and um, yeah, I think I think I was already pretty mature uh, for my age, I'd say. Um, but yeah, for sure, that grows you up fast. Yeah, yeah. You, um, you, you said that um, you were a man of faith. When did that happen? So I grew up in a Christian home, um, but didn't really kind of accept God, the concept of God for myself until I was maybe 17, 18. Um, so kind of, yeah, so I knew all the Bible stories, you know, watch my parents, um, you know, pray and read the, read the Bible and do community and church and stuff like that. But um, I went to a youth camp and when I was 17 or 18, I think it was, and, um, 
and finally kind of it made sense to me personally you know and kind of made a decision that yeah this is this is right for me as well it's not just i'm not just kind of borrowing off my parents or doing it because they've done it i've actually this makes sense to me and i want to pursue this so um yeah 18. did, did you have a calling like like i always wonder like how someone knows if they're a christian or not like i don't i don't know that i'm a christian because i just don't have a calling i don't have a you know like i didn't wake up in the middle of the night and be like dude i heard god say um, I like yeah. all the books. I like the dude. I like the Jesus dude a lot. I like everything I've read. I've listened to the audiobook of the Bible a few times, but there's tons of dudes I like out there. But I don't have a call. Yeah, sure. Did you have a calling? Nah, not at all. I think it's not, it's not a, like, I don't think it's about being called. I think it's more about um, just making a decision of faith. So I, I basically tested God for a year. I said, look, I'll give you a year. I'll try, I'll try and live. You did do that, like formally, like you're like, okay, bathroom oh, door, and you're like, all right, motherfucker, let's have a talk. Hundred percent. I had a um, I, I was in a pretty unhealthy relationship with a girl at the time, and so I just I knew that she was holding me back, and I was like, okay, how about this, God? I'll break up with my girlfriend for four years, which I'm really attached to, and it's really unhealthy, and it's gonna it's gonna hurt, but I'll break up with her. I'll read I'll read the Bible, and I'll just follow I'll follow what it says and see how my life turns out, and we'll we'll see how it goes for a year. And, um, yeah, and I guess I just haven't looked back. I just started applying the principles that the Bible teach and, um, and it just it started working out for me. Like things, you know, life started going better for me when I started following his principles in a very practical way, you know, just doing what, what the Bible says. And, um, and yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, to, to answer your question about a calling, I, I do sense, I do sense the Holy Spirit, you know, speak to me at times, but it's, um, it's, it's not, you know, that's not what it's about. It's about, uh. Yeah, it's about making a making a decision of faith that hey, this is this is true, and I believe it. You know, yeah. I heard a dude one time. Seriously, I heard a guy say this, uh, and um, and it's probably not that uncommon now that I'm hearing you talk. A, a guy said to me, I I, be, I became a Christian because I saw Chris Spieler was a Chris Spieler was a Christian, and I liked the way his life was going, and I wanted that for my life, so I became a Christian. And and just now when you're telling that story, I was kind of like, oh. I titled this episode. I went back and I, and I just, I'm like, Oh, this title, this episode needs a title. And I called it the last gentleman because when I think of I you, I, I think of you as a gentleman in the space. I, I think of you as a very, uh, take the high road, not a petty kind of guy. I mean, I don't know you, but that's just my take on you from, from, yeah. um, and, and it's interesting. So you, so you, you're basically saying you told God, Hey, I'll walk your walk. Like, this is your recipe. I'll follow it. If you do, if, if it works for me, I'm, I'm staying with you. I, I got your back because you'll have my back and it worked. You big. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah, well, there's be fruit, right? Like if you've decided to do a certain thing, there's be results and fruit from that thing. And so, um, I started seeing, I guess, so, such a Christianese word to say, fr I started seeing the fruit, but it's, um, yeah, I started seeing the results in my life in a practical sense when I started living the way he lived, you know? And so, um, yeah, and so it just started making more and more sense to me. The more I read the Bible, the more I lived the way of Jesus, the, the more it made sense. So, um, yeah. What did your wife say? Was she flipping out? Like, she was like, maybe like you turned into a religious weirdo? No, she was my wife. Just before I met my wife, I was only 18. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so oh, we right, met in church. Right, so she's, right. Yeah. Right. So when I went, yeah, when I met my wife in church. Yeah, she's already a Christian by that time. She was already um, a religious weirdo. You guys. But she probably, she probably, yeah, yeah, she was already a Christian weirdo. Yeah. Um, but she probably has a similar story to me, you know, um, grew up in a Christian home, um, went, went her own way, you know, and then, you know, came back and, and found God for herself, probably around the same age. So um, we probably have quite similar stories, me and my wife, yeah. 
Hey, um, does your did you think that you would marry even even though you went to New Zealand when you were fifteen? Did you think you would marry a woman who is South African? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, the girl I was dating at the time when I when I decided to go, you know, go the Christian route, she was a South African girl. Um, so she yeah, was, maybe uh, was living in New Zealand too. No, she, yeah, New Zealand. Yeah, South African girl living in New Zealand. Hmm. But um, yeah, I probably thought I was going to marry a South African. You're right. Yeah, probably. Yeah, um, uh, a, a lot of South Africans migrate to New Zealand. That's like the place to go. Yeah, New Zealand and Australia, full of full of South Africans, and they tend to stick together as well. Um, they tend to kind of like find the same city and live in the same area, and yeah, stick pretty close together. Is the is that um, is is that what is that what you went through with Benji in twenty seven years old? Kind of like. I'm like, I don't give a fuck kind of what happens. I'm guessing that was tempered by the fact that you had a daughter. You couldn't be completely crazy and be like, okay, I'm going to wrestle alligators or I'm going to start getting into heroin. But um, how has that changed? Is that still a part of you? Or or do you you try to tap into it sometimes? Be like, hey, is that how you kind of keep so Benji didn't pass in vain? If you ever sense yourself getting scared or like having hesitation, you'll tap into that? 100%. And it's definitely that um that feeling of fearlessness that i had at the start it definitely wanes over the years you know you kind of slip back into your old ways of thinking and um yeah you're exactly right i often think about him and go oh, i've got to step up my game again when it comes to being courageous and not being um yeah not worrying about what people thinking you know, i'm a real people pleaser i always have been um and so something i'm trying to do better at is not you know um do, doing the right thing and not doing the thing that pleases someone else necessarily you know um or doing the thing that's right for me and my family and not always not always thinking about how it's going to affect everyone else. So that's kind of how I'm, I feel like I'm wired that way. I'm always aware of how things are going to affect or make other people feel around me when it's like, you know what? Sometimes it's, you need to look out for yourself and your family and the people that really matter in your life and not worry about the acquaintance you're going to upset, you know, or the person doesn't even know you. Um, so yeah, I've got to remind myself of that and uh, yeah, and keep operating in that kind of that fearlessness that I had when, you know, after being passed um, with, within boundaries, obviously. But um, yeah, it was definitely a healthy, like a healthy fearlessness where I was like, Let's give stuff a go. Let's not, you know, it's one life. Let's go. Um, do you actually yeah. do you actually invoke that? Do you actually ta- invoke those emotions and those memories? Do you, I do. do you, yeah. Yeah. yeah I often you, think about, often intentionally think about him and and what his life means to me now in my life. You know, yeah. Trying, I think about making him proud. I often think about, man, I want to make Benji proud. If he's looking down at me now, um, I want him to be proud of his dad. You know, having a go at things. So yeah, I often think think that way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um. Uh. Sevi. Uh. You know you want to be a Christian weirdo like a lot of the Sevenistas. Ninety percent of your guests are Christians. He's speaking to you. Right? <laughs> now listen. I'm trying. I'm doing my best. Um. If uh, if flames uh, start shooting from the comp floor, I might be suspicious of Vakey's Christian uh, witness. <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh. So, so you, so you go to, um, you come to Australia, you open the second gym, the gym fails. Um, and, and what's the fallback plan then? Or is your wife working at the time? Did you have a second job there? What happens then? Uh, have no, you, so basically, have you picked up a camera at this point? Yeah. So here's the thing. The gym isn't doing well. And I realized, oh crap, I've got to do something here. I've got to create some content. I've got to maybe tell some stories at the gym of the members and put some content out. You know, is that, um, is that audio in the background? Good. No. It's good. You're good. Yeah. It's kind of um, nice. It's nice. It's really subtle. 
Yeah, nice. So, uh, yeah, I realized that, man, I've got to do something here. I've got to take some photos of the members and share online. And I didn't have the, the funds to pay someone to do it. So, like, I'll just start taking photos myself. And uh, I got the members from the camera to tell me their kind of fitness journey and how they, how they love our gym. And uh, before I knew it, I was looking up YouTube videos on how to create better videos and just started getting sucked down that rabbit hole of uh, content creation and found myself lying awake at night thinking about how I'm going to make this video better tomorrow and started falling in love with, with the process of making videos and taking photos while trying to save this gym. So the failed gym kind of led me to content, content creation in some way. Um, and then luckily enough, I met Kara Saunders' uh, Kara business partner. Uh, so Kara started Active Eyewear, I think in 2019, um, 2018, 2019, and her business partner come, started coming to my gym. And um, she was on her way to Hawaii for the trail run, and her business partner said, hey, take this guy with you. He's, he takes some pretty good photos. Maybe he can uh, help you create some content for Active before you launch. So I went to Hawaii with Kara back in 2019, and that's kind of where, yeah, things just took off. Like I met I met everyone that's anyone that's anyone across the space stayed here in Hawaii and uh, really networked and make some good friends and uh, things kind of spiral from there. Yeah, you're a crazy mix of uh, amazing person and amazing talent. You're you're good job, dude. Because because oh, you bro. won't make it because you won't make it on talent alone. You will not. The greatest the greatest filmmaker will not make it. You're you're such a good dude, yeah. man. You're such a fucking easy dude to be around, and, and man, what a great dude you are. I love this. Um, so so, what was your first camera? And what was your first editing software? I actually borrowed a camera from a friend. He had a Lumix uh, GH4. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah it was a cool camera. The, great. Kind of the deep end for a first camera. Going around with. Yeah. A lot well, of buttons. Yeah. Well, I had a. Yeah. Well, I had a good buddy. Oh, I have a good buddy called Ty, and he was actually uh, he's a he's a business coach for CrossFit affiliates. Um, and he was in the office. He was renting an office space uh, from me at the affiliate. And so he was creating videos for affiliates already. So he had, he had this Lumix camera that I started playing around with. And I remember taking my first photo with like an 80 mil, 85 mil cam, um, lens. It was like a 1.8. I took my first photo and I couldn't believe how beautiful it looked. I was like, I had no, I've got no experience. But for some reason, it was depth of field. And this, you know, the athlete just popped off the screen. I just couldn't believe how awesome it looked. And I was like, man, I think I, I, think I can do this. I think I can... I can learn this thing, you know. Um, and I've always had, I've always had a creative streak in me. I've always um, liked making things look nice, or I've always had an interest in, in things looking good and you know design and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it just started clicking, and the, yeah, the rest is history. Yeah. And what was the software you used for editing? I've always edited on Final Cut Pro. I started on oh, Final Cut Pro, oh. and I've, I'm still on it now. Yeah. So which did you start on Final Cut Ten? Yeah, probably back at ten. Yeah. 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 Fascinating. Uh, good on you. Um, and, and so obviously you're on a Mac. I'm on a Mac. Now I'm shooting Sony. So I'm a big Sony guy. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Still a Final Cut. Yeah. And, and what Sony camera are you shooting with? I do my videos on an A7S3, mm -hmm. um, which is similar to you. I think you've got the FX3, right? I, I bought, I went, I went to the games with the A7S3 and mm -hmm. on Friday, I had an FX3 shipped to me. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, so I do that. And then I shoot my photos on the old A7 III. So it's like a, I don't know, it's like pretty old camera now, five, six years old. Um, but still takes great photos, yeah. How close are you to getting an FX3? Uh, I don't see the need. I'm quite happy with my A7 um, S3. Like, I'm, 
Yeah. I used to be a big gear guy. Like I used to buy everything that all the new stuff that came out. Now right. I haven't upgraded my kit in so long. I just I'm really happy with what I've got. Um, I've realized that it's a lot a lot less about the gear and a lot more about the storytelling. Um, yeah, so I, I care less about the gear now and, and focus more on the story. You yeah. shoot absolutely beautifully. Um, I wish I could articulate um, why I can't believe how what the FX3 is. It's 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 complete fucking nutters what it does. Uh, I don't know if it's maybe the the sensor is on a on a better gimbal than the A7S3, but something about it, man. Holy crap! But like, hey, dude, like your footage that you shoot is as good as any footage I've seen. So like, what do I know? Uh, and Thanks, I'm only, I, I, I appreciate it. I, I bought the FX3 and I used it uh, for you know five days straight and I haven't done shit with it since. So like, but I'm, <laughs> it yeah. is, it is, it is. And the people who are editing my, the people who are editing my work are like, holy shit, the difference between when you're using the A7S3 to the FX3 is big. I think though, mostly probably it's the the fact that it's 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 more stabilized. But the well, I actually dropped my. I dropped my camera on the golf course the other day and the screen broke off on my A7S3. Yeah. So I was consider I was considering up picking up a new body, sending that one in to get fixed. Yeah. Maybe I will go down the FX FX3 route. Yeah. Man, it's yeah. nuts. It I mean, it's truly yeah. nuts. I haven't I haven't taken one single photograph with it. I don't know anything about its photography, but dude, its video is is mine. Hey, have you ever had um issues? Um at the games I had the the F4 70 to 200 on my a7s3 and it, it was it wasn't staying on the mount have you ever had a lens do that where it won't stay on the mountain you're shooting it just stops shooting and you have to take the lens off and crack it back on and off have you ever had that never had that yeah never had, that. had that happen at first i'm like oh yeah. shit my camera's broken and then i realized oh i just have kept having to reset the lens yeah no, it, wasn't never had that. Lens. it wasn't like it was a heavy lens you know what i mean and like bending the frame yeah yeah um, gotcha Right. Shake your hands. Uh <laughs> <laughs> you have you ever lost an Instagram account? Have you ever been uh had an Instagram account uh, banned completely? No. Well actually um when the whole verification thing came in, I was like, I'm a videographer by trade. This is what I do, like my account's really important to me. And so I'm I'm actually paying I paid for the verification for that very reason to not lose my hope and the hope because they promise that it's better security and you know better health and whatnot so i haven't lost one yet um yeah i my had a, i had a check mark before you could buy them and i and they took my account yeah but that was, that was, yeah, but that was a free one you didn't pay for it that's why <laughs> that's why they took it i and you're a lunatic on instagram hey <laughs> i am and, and hey and you know nah. what else is crazy too is that um uh i i have I, 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 there's this um inconsistency in my behavior because i make fun of people who who pay for blue check marks but when i go through my dms i immediately go to the blue check marks so you know it's the I, funniest thing when i, I like, literally but i still check yours first <laughs> you know what i mean i'm dude. still a slave to the clout yeah yeah literally the day that i paid for my verification i watched one of your podcasts and you were taking them taking the piss out of the, the people that pay for the blue check mark yeah but yeah. by saying that i was like i knew that um in my case, because I'm a professional videographer, photographer, I knew it was different. Like I didn't do it. I'm not doing it for the clout. I'm doing it um, for the safety of my, of my account. Um, yeah. And like you say, people it's do still better. go for the blue it's better. If you DM someone, they're checking your shit. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I mean, at least, at least yeah. even, even big mouths like me who say they don't, 
I do every time. Every yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. the truth is, is and I would say 80% of the people that I check who have bought the blue check mark, I'm glad I checked it. It's only like 20%. They have like six followers. I'm like, or, or they're like trying to sell me something. Usually it's sure. someone who, who's, who's like an author or something, you know, they have a self-published book or they got something going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not just yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I remember when, um, uh, Fraser put out like this, Hey, I'm looking for a videographer. And I'm that like, was, yeah. and I'm like, what the fuck is this? What is he doing? He's not going to get, sh he's just going to get some dipshit, but, but he got you. Did yeah, you, dude. I don't can know. Can you walk me through that story? No detail is too much. Like, I'd like to know, like, you had diarrhea and you're on the toilet and you're doing extra scrolling that day. Like, no detail is too much. I want to hear how dude, you, yeah. yeah, how you got the mate yeah, got a, work got a, with the great Matt Fraser. Yeah, I've got a great story. I almost ruined it all. So I, I went to Strength and Depth in London. I believe it was 2020. And uh, I got some great, this is the last year that Matt competed, I believe. He was at Strength and Depth that year. It was either 2019 or 2020. So I went there to work for a company called Wit, uh, whatever tax, the, the yep. London-based company. Yep. And uh, man, I got some beautiful footage and photos of Matt on that trip. And, yeah, the boys. And um, I got this sick photo of Matt. Um, he, was, he won an event. And he was like pointing to the sky like this, running over the finish line. I got this beautiful shot. So I get home. And I was like, man, I want to grow my YouTube channel. It's not growing. I need to figure out a way to, to grow this. I'll run a comp. So I got two of these photos printed, massive A1 size photos printed and framed them up. I did a giveaway of these photos of Matt Fraser. Um, and people had to like subscribe and share and, you know, like all that. And it went crazy. It went really well. I get a message from O'Keefe saying, hey, bud, are you selling these photos? And I could tell in the tone of the message, like, oh, no, I'm in trouble here. Like, I've, I've messed up. Luckily, I wasn't selling them. I wasn't doing a giveaway. I mentioned back saying, dude, I promise I'm not selling anything. It's, I'm just giving two prints away. I'm really sorry if I've overstepped the line. Never hear back from them. Um, so I was like, oh, they hate me. You know, like Keith, Matt, that whole crew, they hate me now because I've, uh, you know, I've uh, used this photo, his face where I shouldn't have. Um, turns out that my message just went into his request folder and he didn't see it for a long time. But anyway, so we that message comes out from hlpo saying we're looking for someone at the games to help us with the content how, how much i apply how much with that was like six months later yeah it might have been six months later just for the games yeah yeah exactly um so i send a message and saying hey i'm from australia i'm just I'm, i'd love to work with you guys um you're probably looking for someone local but i'll throw my hat in the ring and see what happens so sammy replies to me saying hey we're actually we love your work we're actually aware of it um of your work with senior channel and love your stuff but yeah we're looking for someone local you work with who? Oh, so, Sa so Sammy, um, Sammy Moniz messaged me back after I, after she, I, said, um, she said, she said oh, we know your work. We've seen you work with, and you said someone's name. No. Okay. Oh no. They said, uh, no, she just said, we're aware of your work. We've seen your okay. channel. We've watched your channel. We've seen your YouTube channel and your content. What's your channel. What's your channel? Sorry. Language barrier. Language barrier. Yeah. Okay. That's right. I speak very fast and I'm English is actually my second language, by the way. Um, Africa. I'm trying hard here. Afrikaans. Afrikaans, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Um, so Sammy messaged me and she said, look, we love your work, but we need someone local that can do the games and then keep working with us ongoing. And so I was like, yep, understand, no problem. And so um, we flew on a family holiday to Queenstown. We're living in Australia this time. So flew to New Zealand to a family holiday. This is like, I would say, four weeks away from the games, one month out from the games. 
I get another email from Sammy saying, hey, we've been thinking about it. And since you already do vlogging, we'd actually like for you to come and do a vlog for us over the games week. So just a once off, you know, we'll just, con you just contract to us for the week, just do a vlog and that'd be amazing. So I was like, man, it's four weeks out. I'd love to do this. Um, but no one could fly at that time because it was, it was on the, the middle of COVID. So no one was flying. All the, all the airlines were shut. So I get an exemption from the Australian government. I, I write a letter to the Australian government saying, hey, I want to go to the CrossFit Games in the US. Um, and I, I just said, oh, look, I'm going to be documenting the Australian athletes, um, hoping that they give me an exemption. So I get a letter back from the government saying, yep, that's fine. You can, uh, you can travel if you can find a, a ticket. So the only tickets you could buy to fly from Australia to the States was first uh, business class tickets. There was no economy class. They weren't selling economy class. You had to buy a first class ticket. Oh, sorry, business class ticket. It was on, 15. On, on what airline? Oh, I think I flew up Emirates. Oh. I'm trying to yep. think. Yeah, maybe it was Emirates or one of those or like Qatar, maybe Qatar, actually Qatar, Qatar Airlines. It was at the time. So the flights, the return flights from Australia to the games and back was $15,000. Damn. And so I'm like, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to work with the greatest of all time, Matt Fraser, at the CrossFit yeah. Games. Yeah. And so I just, I said, stuff it. I just, I'll just view this as an investment into my career. I'll just finance, I'll just finance these tickets and just get over there. What, is um, that, what does that mean, finance this ticket? What does that mean? Put like, on just, uh, I get, put on a credit card. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll just put on a Go I'll to the put on a credit card. Okay, hold on. Let me stop you here and get some juicy details. So, they they want. Is he competing that year? No, no. This is the first year that he's first year he's spectating. So this is the first year that Mal was competing. Okay, so they want you to like basically. Would you do? Would you go to Vermont or Madison? Where would you? So I, so so they wanted me to go to Vermont first and just kind of hang out with them and get to know them a little bit. Yeah, and then we'd travel to the games together. Yeah. Any concern you would come to the states and not be able to get back? Like something would happen. That's got to be not serious. only that. Australia's crazy. So this is yes. This is before the vaccination mandates, so you can still travel without a vaccination. Um, but you'd have to do COVID tests everywhere. So at the airport, when you get there, when you land, there's COVID test after COVID test everywhere. And so not only that, but then yeah, maybe I can't get back if I get COVID. Maybe I can't actually work at the games because that, that year they were doing. COVID test at the games. So there was the risk that I would fly to the games, get COVID and not be able to actually like even work at the wow. games that year. Wow. So lo yeah, loads of question marks, but nevertheless, I was like, stressful, like an AIDS test. You're like, fuck. I remember I got AIDS test when I was a virgin and I was scared. I was like, what, <laughs> yeah. what if I sat somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> how, yeah. Many, how many tests do you think you did between leaving Australia and like before you turned on your camera at, in Madison? You think you did five? Maybe eight. Maybe, maybe eight. No, oh, that's eight. God. Oh, my God. So many. So many. Butthole. Do they watch you swab your nose? Could you fake it? No, they watch you. Someone's yeah. there. They do it for you, probably. They do it for you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that was horrible. That was the worst. Hey, and so, you um, used to those? do those ever feel good? Do you ever get used to those? You know, like cocaine, the first time you do it, it, it kind of sucks. And then by the 10th time, you're like, yeah, give me the burn, baby. <laughs> I, I don't know, unfortunately, but uh, <laughs> but I never can get used to the uh, the swaps now. It's oh. very uncomfortable. Look yeah. at this. <laughs> Vakey is the reason I found Sevon. Well, thank you. Thank you, Vakey. There you go. Appreciate oh, it. I'm pretty sure I was one of your very first subscribers when you started the channel with Matt and uh, and Josh. Oh, yeah. I remember that podcast. What a great podcast. Put in a good word for me with Matt, would you? 
I'll let you earn your own earn your own way to Matt. All right. Um, yeah. So See, anyway, took the risk. People pleaser anymore. You've done a good job. You've passed the test, Vakey. You've That's passed it. the test. That's it. That's it. Okay. So, you so buy, uh, your wife thinks you're crazy, but she bites the inside of her cheeks and says, "I support you, honey." Yeah, pretty much. Not only that, but I knew I had to. I had to um, quarantine for two weeks when I came back. Hotel quarantine as well. So it was a two week, two week trip to the states, and then two weeks of quarantine. Um, that cost four weeks all up. How much does that cost you? The quarantine? <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to pay it. I still haven't paid it. Um, oh, it's three and a half grand. Oh, oh um, I'm just, ref- I'm just refusing to pay. I'm just refusing to pay it. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Um, so yeah, they keep sending me reminders, but I'm going to ignore it until they go away. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, so got to Vermont and uh, had a great three days with Sammy and Matt. It was unreal. Shot some shot some guns and uh, had my birthday with them, just the three of us. It was my birthday while I was at Vermont. So it was just a surreal, surreal experience. Um, was it and then went to games. I, 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 let me, my, impre- my impression with Matt is entry is difficult. And it, it, it's a little um, – it's um, – uh, if if if, if two people like if I'm a piece of silly putty and someone else is a piece of silly putty and we come together we mush. I feel like Matt is a kind of a hard block when you come together with him. Did you have a tough entry? No, I don't think so. I think because they invited me to their house, to their home. Oh, and I think we're both. I think we're both introverted. Like I feel like we, yeah, I feel like we kind of we got each other straight away. And I mean, Sammy's Sammy's so easy to get along with. Like she's a real, you know, she just breaks the ice and it's. Um, Oh yeah, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like it wasn't. It was definitely, it was definitely some awkward moments, uh, you know, that first day and two, first day or two. Um, but I mean, I'm staying in their house, just the, just the three of us. I'm staying in the bedroom next to uh, next to their bedroom. Yeah. We're having breakfast together. Like pretty quickly, you just you wow. just kind of, you know. Okay. But yeah, I mean, as someone who's as yeah, someone who's followed the sport intimate. for years, you're invited into oh, yeah. the bedroom next to the greatest fucking dude who ever did the CrossFit Games. Dude, he's picking oh. me up at the airport at two a.m. in the morning. He's picking me up at the airport at two a.m. in the morning. He was um. He was lying awake waiting for a bear. He was trying to shoot a bear in the backyard. It was causing havoc. So he was like, uh, yeah, just waiting up for me and then came and picked me up at the airport at 2 a.m. at Vermont Airport, yeah. What a bro. Hey, don't don't yeah. tell him to post that picture of that dead bear. It causes a lot of problems. No, nah, no, nah, he didn't shoot it. He didn't <laughs> shoot it in the end. But yeah. Um, yeah, so that was a surreal experience. And then, yeah, I did the games and they were the – I'd made two. I think I did two forty-minute videos for them that year. It was kind of Matt's first experience of the games as a spectator rather than a competitor. So it's pretty cool footage of him just you know experiencing the games from a different angle. Um, created two videos for them there that went really well, and um, yeah, they invited me back straight away for the the year after. Um, so yeah, it's been three years in a row now. It's been amazing. So you did that, and then you didn't work for him for another fifty-one weeks until the games, or did you work with him? No. Oh no! I did some vlog. I did some editing for them. So they they did some vlogging after that, and they would send me the raw footage, and I would create some vlogs for them. So I probably edited five to ten vlogs for them that year. Just some of their yeah, uh, some of their personal vlogs. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, then so that was year one. Uh, year two, actually, year two was the first year they had Mel. They had Mel and Jace, and then last year was Cat. So the first year was just Matt, just Matt and Sammy at the games. Year two was uh, kind of the story of Mal and Jace competing, and then year three was Cat. Yeah. Do Do you like meeting um, the new athletes when you show up year two? Are you excited to? Are you up for the challenge of of build, building that that intimate relationship that's needed in order to get good footage? Yeah. So year two was challenging. I actually got to I got to the end of the games and was like, 
I haven't got I haven't got a story here. I've got no content because I haven't I don't have any access to the athletes. Um, so it was really hard to actually tell a story. So that night, the night of the games finished, the, the games finished that night, I said, oh, look, I need some interviews. I need to sit down with the athletes and do some interviews. And, uh, and those two interviews with Mel and Jace kind of saved the content for that week because I just didn't have any access to them throughout the games. And Matt was Matt was behind the scenes with them in the warm-up zone. I couldn't go there. Um, I basically didn't see them for the whole week. I was just kind of shooting B-roll from the stands. And so, um, so this past year, getting access behind the scenes and being able to hang out with Cat and Matt the whole time was so much easier to tell the story. And um, I mean, Cat's, you know, Cat, she's unreal. Like she's so easy to do great content with. Um, yeah, just just gives and gives and gives. Like it's not hard. Like she just, yeah, she just knows what to say, knows what you want. Um, is always up for it. So this year was really enjoyable. Like the year prior was pretty stressful. Um, I never really, I met, I met Mel and Jace for like five minutes before the games and never saw them throughout the week. So it was really tough to create content that, that year. Um, but this past year was unreal. Um, hey. And I guess now that I'm yeah, three years in, I feel like I'm part of the family now. Like I've, I've, I've worked for them three years in a row now. Um, I just kind of, I get there and it's just straight into it. You know, we've, we don't have to break the ice or get to know each other. It's just, it's just business as usual. Yeah. Yeah. We're family. So it's cool. Um, how, how, sm- how, what a huge mistake and then enormous recovery on CrossFit's part by allowing that huge hu- like like you're, you're basically making them a hundred thousand dollars worth of content for free by covering not even for free fucking matt's paying for it right um uh yeah. for, for crossfit i mean i mean uh, uh, w- w- such a smart uh, course reversal do you see any downside like it could it could you be um unbiased and to think of any downside CrossFit has for letting us back there, the creators, once once we've at least once we've proven ourselves. I think once you've proven yourself, and I guess they'll just kick you out if you're being if you're not behaving back there. It's not hard right. to get rid of someone. So I never saw anyone not yeah. behave. By the way, every single person back there with the camera. The worst thing I ever saw is someone not working. But like, like you, you're not obligated to. Work. I mean, you know what I mean. Like every everyone's so polite and nice. Like everyone. Yeah, I think if the creators are allocated to certain athletes, I think it's nice and tidy. I think it would it could get messy if you have ten Craig Riches down there, you know, floating around filming everyone. Everyone's chasing everyone. Yeah, you're saying. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess so obviously you were there filming. A bit of everything right you weren't you weren't like you weren't um allocated to a certain athlete or two um so i can imagine that getting messy if they have too many of you and craig running around just filming everyone and anyone but right. if the athlete like cat 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 knew that i was her video guy so cat was expecting me to have the camera on her face right um right so in that sense it's, it's organized everyone understands who's who so i guess that's the only downside i can see is it just getting messy if there's too many creators that aren't actually told who they're with um yeah I had I had a um uh I, I can't I can't speak on on Katrin's uh, part but in between my ears I had built a pretty wild narrative between Katrin and I and about seven or eight months prior to the game I I, had, I did not think for a second I was going to film the behind the scenes I, ne- I did, never thought I'd go to the CrossFit Games ever again but I wanted to uh, when she qualified for the games I wanted to uh, wish her luck 
and I wanted to uh, diminish the negativity. And, and, and she could have been like, hey, dude, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, that's all in, in your head. And I reached out to her in O'Keefe and she was kind enough to respond to me like, yeah, we're, we're good. And I'll talk to you anytime. Let's do it. And we didn't get around to talking, but I, I wanted her to know that once I did know that I was going to film the behind the scenes, I wanted her to know like, hey, I'm going to be there. I don't want to fuck with your trip at all there. Like, even if I didn't like you, I don't want to fuck with anyone's trip when I'm there. Like, our beef's over here. But when I was there at the games, we actually, we had some pretty fucking cool moments. And she gave me some fucking, inc like you said, she gave me some fucking incredible content. And the guys who are editing the behind the scenes now are like, dude, Katrin hit some grand slams on there. I'm like, yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Were you ecstatic yeah. to work with her? Just like, uh, was, just, just dripping I think yeah, there's, I think it's levels to these athletes. Like there are some of these veterans that are just on a different level when it comes to maturity and understanding the game. They've been in it for so long. And Kat's one of those that just, yeah, she's just different, you know, like um, Dude, so she professional. She was a kid. She was always like, she she was like, she she engages, right? When you're filming, you're, you're like, Dude, is she looking at my bones? Like, is she looking into it? Is she x raying me? Like, yeah, it's crazy, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, that was it. Was an amazing experience. I loved it. Um, and she, yeah, she's a real deal. She's she's a cool chick, for sure. When when you filmed Mal and Jason, um, were, were they were they game? Were they both game? It was different. Like it was both. Uh, it wasn't their rookie years. It was Mal's. Uh, but they were Mal's second year. The games, I think they were young. Um, I didn't get much time with them. It's very different. It was very different. Um, yeah, it definitely wasn't as easy as with Cat. Um. Obviously, with Jason, it's a bit easier as a dude. You know, it's hard to relate to a, you know, I'm a 37-year-old dude. It's hard to relate to a 17-year-old girl, 18-year-old girl. So, um, yeah. But, I mean, they, they're both great, you know, great kids. It's just, uh, it's definitely not, not as, wasn't as easy as with Cat, as natural as with Cat. Yeah. When you, also, when you film with someone who's been through some, through some shit, they got a little more depth to them do you know what i mean like someone who hasn't been through some shit will tell you what it looks like on the outside of the building and someone who's been through some shit will tell you what's going on inside the building right and so it's like the yeah. difference between interviewing Haley adams two years ago versus interviewing her now like there's some shit she's seen inside the building now yeah that's it yeah you're right yeah and cats cats definitely walked a bit of a road you know like with uh over the years so yeah yeah Th there's been some uh some introspection that's it yeah um, sure when i when i go through your instagram account um i sense that you are just absolutely the way you take care of your subjects that you're absolutely honored to work with all of them like you take care of them do you know what i mean by that i hate to be so touchy feely and fuzzy with it but i no I, it's true yeah i'm like wow. I'm, a, I'm still a massive fanboy bro like yeah you're taking yeah. You take care of these people everyone looks like a like a shining star yeah, well, I feel like that's my job. Like, it's uh, they let me into their world. They let me uh, come to their houses and their gyms and film them. Like, yeah, of course, I'm going to do my very best to make them look as, as good as I can and um, tell the story as best I can. So, and I'm, I'm still a massive fanboy of all these athletes. Like, you know, I'm good friends with a lot of them now, but still, like, admire them for, for their athleticism and what they do, you know? Like, yeah, they're pretty amazing people. Like, look at this. Boys. Ouch. Wow. Okay. Roy, and then dead center. There he is, the man. Oh, my. 
looking as charismatic look at you admiring your work i like looking at your face when you look at it you're <laughs> heaven, like, you just saw yeah. power boom it's nice dude I forgot about these photos. It's awesome. God, this sometimes one. I feel like I need to go. Sometimes I feel like I used to. I used to be better. That's loud now, isn't it? No, no, you're good. You're good. I like it. I like it. You're working, man. You're you, not everyone can be all lit cushioned. I, I thought this would be really cool to be here, but yeah, it's really loud in here now. Dude, I'm loving this. I would. I'm going to say as much as it uh, breaks my heart to say this because there are some really, really iconic moments in um, CrossFit. Uh, video and cinematography there is a moment that i do think stands out as the most iconic uh moment in the history of uh crossfit video and pictures and it is this um unfortunately if, if a caleb or Suze were here they would bring up all the iter there's so many iterations of this and this is the one i dug off of your instagram but there is tia Tumi out of the water at the crossfit games and you shot that no, 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 no. Hold on. I'm going to show this photo. This is Eric. Eric shot this photo. I just I did the video of this. Okay. Um, this is, if you look at, look at the um, credit up there. Yeah. I gave Eric credit for, for taking the photo. I did the edit. Okay. Um, so I did the kind of the, the stop motion look and then the drawing. Okay. Um, but yeah, I did, I did a video of this. Yeah. The video of this. It was, this it was month. huge. It, the reel of it. Where, where yeah, would I, I find it? Yeah. Like, go to your YouTube and find that? I think it will be on both my Instagram and both Instagram and and YouTube. Give me a second. Let me see. Um, the funny thing is, I don't. I don't think Tia likes that moment because I've never seen her repost. I don't think she's ever reposted that video or photos. I'm not sure if she's actually a fan of that. Um, I don't know if it's a moment or the way she looked or what it was. But oh I yeah, I never reached it. I found it. Really, you don't think she's a fan of this, dude? This is amazing. I she's don't know. Like, so I proud. Feel like I've. Yeah. She should be so she's proud. Right. It's unreal, isn't it? Oh my she god! Yes, yeah. She's something special, eh? Oh, she's out of this world. She's gonna be oh. here this weekend. She's her and her and Shane and the baby will be here to down under. How perfect is her running and her pose, her angle? By pose, I don't mean like like posing like model. I mean like uh, the way uh, Romanoff would describe pose. Her lean, her catching herself. She's just been swimming. How far did she swim right there? I can't remember, but yeah, she's she's more athletic than any woman that's ever done the sport. There's no one, no one compares. Um, man, either man. Yeah, this, this, is, this is a uh, yeah, what a special creature. Anyway, when you catch this shot, do you know? Oh shit! I I just I just put on us fifty five followers on Instagram when I when I uh, when I post this. Like, did you know? That you got something um, you got home. Yeah, so that was that was my first year. That was that was twenty twenty. That was my twenty twenty one. That was my first year shooting the game. So that was the very first event. Um I think that's my very like that's the first thing I shot at the games. And it was, <laughs> yeah, I knew it's downhill ever since. <laughs> oh it has been, dude. It has been. Um but here's another one that will really engage with the camera. Like she knows where to look. She always like will stay down the camera and um and give you what you want, even mid workout. So uh, I mean, there was a hundred photographers there. I just happened to look our way, which is cool. But um, yeah, but yeah, I knew there was a special there, Is that really true? What you're saying about Tia? Because the Tia I know from when I used to film knew nothing about media. She was like, she was a deer in headlights. She was terrified. 
I think an action like when you when she's in the workout and she's like if she's winning a workout, there might be another video on my Instagram where she's like carrying a yoke at the Torium Pro and she stares at my I'm like walking next to her with my gimbal and she looks at me before she gets to the finish line and just like pokes her tongue out at me. Um, so I think she's wow. really good at engaging with the camera while she's doing the thing that she loves. Maybe she's not that natural, that great when it's like um, you know outside of the competition field when she's just on camera. Maybe it's not great, but on the field she's unreal. God, that um, that makes me so happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah, no, and I think it obviously comes with comes with years of being in the sport and being in front of cameras. Like you obviously get better and better with it. Um, so you didn't? Yeah. Know, did you know? Did you? Are you telling me that you didn't know until you posted it? Were you like, wow, this is really good. I love it. And then you posted it and you're like, whoa, I didn't know that people were going to lose their shit on this. I mean, it has 4 million views. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a lot. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how much. I, yeah, I didn't think it would blow up that much. No. Um, yeah, don't know. It's Social media is so, uh, so weird. Like, I feel like both reels and shorts, I feel like they've ruined both my channels, my Instagram channel and my YouTube channel. And what I mean by that is when you post a video of Tia Claire Toomey, if you post a reel or a short and someone sees it that doesn't know you, they think that when they subscribe, they think they're following that athlete. They don't think that they're following the creator. Yeah. So my channels have blown up because of reels I've posted of other athletes and I regret it because those people aren't following me. They're not bought into me as a person or, you know, my journey. They actually think they think that they are following that athlete. And so in a way it's, it's not, I'm not trying to deceive anyone. I'm just posting my work, but it does make you feel like, ah, oh, I've gained all these followers, but most of them think they're following Tia or whoever the athlete is, you know? And there's something about that that doesn't feel grateful to me. And so I've really struggled with that over the last six months, actually, because both my channels have blown up. Um, and I know it's not because of who I am or, you know, it's, yeah, sure, it's because of some of my work, but it's mostly because of how amazing that athlete is. And so what you'll notice now is my content now is all... The access you've earned. You've earned access... Yeah. To get good shit, but I still say I still hear you. I had a hundred thousand followers before my account got shit on. Maybe maybe eighty nine thousand. I don't remember. But my account now with twelve thousand followers, way more. Um, no, no one's following me because I pissed. But I used to post pictures of Rich Froning to get followers. I was doing what you wish what you wish hadn't have happened to you. I was purposely doing that. And then now no, I was doing that too. I was doing that on purpose too. I was chasing when I was younger, when I just got started in the sport, yeah. I would run, I would get the shot. So that shot of Tia, yeah. I would have run to my hotel room after that to edit that video, to get it out before someone else gets one out. So I can get the, I can be the first one to post it. You know, right. that was my attitude as a young creator. I was like, I say young creator, it was only three years ago, but I do feel like I've matured as a creator now where I'm like, I'm not trying to get things out so fast to grow my channels. Cause it's not, you know, it's not really about me. Um, but that's definitely, that was my attitude at the start. Like, let's get this thing to 10, let's get to 10,000 subscribers. Let's get to, you know, and now I'm like, Oh, I wish I could just go back to having 5,000 loyal subscribers that actually engage in my content rather than having, you know, 50,000 people over in India following me because I like Tia's body, you know? Um, it's like, yeah. So, so Vicky, if you could go back in time, God, you know, it would be fucking amazing, dude. You know what you could do Sounds to remedy good. that, Vakey? You got to call Tia and do it. Just be like, hey, Tia, can I talk to you for 15 minutes while this video plays and you walk me through what you're thinking? And then, yeah. you, and then you're attached to that intimate moment. And then when you're done interviewing her, you can tell her what you were thinking. You can tell the audience, hey, you know what I was thinking? Yeah. 
you got to point a camera at, at the greatest, at the at the fittest woman, maybe. I I mean, fuck it. She's the fittest woman who's ever walked on planet Earth. On this rock that's circling the sun that we're all on, um, where you're a Christian. I, I believe I believe it. Yeah, I believe it too. She's the fittest <laughs> female who's ever yeah. um she's the most one of the most capable human human beings who's ever walked on this planet. And you got to point a yeah. camera at her. It's crazy. and and you didn't fuck it up. And then you brought this, you brought this crazy moment. Um, to the world it's almost crazy that it doesn't have a hundred million views you know what i mean it's like yeah i think my i think my biggest one might be actually of um jake douglas at torian this this year i posted a video of jake douglas and i think it's got a lot more than this no but, um why do you think that is yeah bro jake douglas just because the way Jack he Betty, that, oh yeah. yeah just i mean his body's just there's nothing like it. He's just such a unique looking dude. Unreal. Where do I go? Where do I go? I go to short. Oh, uh, he's my pick this weekend to win. By the way, Jake Douglas is going to win this comp this weekend. I hope he goes to the game. Um, I really enjoyed him. Yeah, he had a bad year of the games, his first year, but yeah, he'll be back. Um, there should be on Instagram just earlier this year. The Tory and there's a video of. of is it Jake on? Douglas. Is um, it on YouTube also? Possibly, possibly, but there's a lot of views on. That's the video that took my Instagram. It took my Instagram from like 30,000 to 90,000 overnight. Like literally 50,000 new followers because of Jake's video. Okay. Unbelievable. I, I want to pull that up. But before before I go there, I just want to also, I want to look at this. An another insane moment. Uh, this is from, uh, is, this, is, it, is this last year's games? Another crazy iconic moment. Um, did you, This one, did you know this one? after you captured it that uh it was what it was that you're like oh there it is i got it like when you well, I know that everyone loves it. when you love any camera did you see her have that facial expression change yeah okay 100 yeah, but i mean there's a few factors here right like everyone loves annie first of all second of all she's had a baby and she's yeah she's got a, um like her belly button's popped out you can tell like she's had a baby before you know and then I knew there'd be a lot of haters as well because the snatch technique is not great. Like, look at that. It's not, it's, you know, it's not a great lift, looking lift anyway, like technique-wise. So I knew that you'd get both the people that love her and the people that that love to, like, hate on CrossFit lifters. So, yeah, I was like, oh, this video's going to pop off because you'll have both parties jump in and love it, you know? Um, but yeah, look at that. She's uh, she's one of my favorite. Like, she's my favorite female athlete of all time, Annie. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's cool. I've actually I've actually deleted. Sorry, go. No, you go ahead. You've actually deleted what? No, I was saying I've actually um, deleted videos because just because of what I've just shared about you know realizing that people are following for other reasons than you know me being an awesome videographer. I think I've actually deleted some videos of like female athletes. That I, I just realized I was like, ah, oh, this is only getting followers and likes because of who it is. Like, I think it was I did a reel. I posted a reel of like Danny Spiegel that popped off, and I think I've deleted it since because I just felt like I felt yuck about it. I was like, ah. Oh, I feel like people like just based on the comments that were on the post of like I don't want like I don't want to get any benefit from this video I've, you know I've shot even though I've seen nothing wrong with the video just based on the comments and kind of what you know what people were saying I was like ah I'll take this down um it's interesting I want I, yeah, wonder, anyway. I wonder how that will evolve like as you get older I wonder how yeah well my my switch now is kind of my my view now is I want I want to be the main character in the story. Like I want to go to events and kind of tell the story from my perspective. You know, hang out with cool athletes, but I want to be able to make videos at home and not feel like I have to be with a, a well-known athlete to be able to create a story. You know, I want to be able to document my training, uh, my family, my life, 
So um, you'll notice, like, even now on my Instagram, it's a lot. I don't post any photos or videos of athletes anymore, really, unless I'm, I'm in there. It's mostly photos of me training or in my photos, which don't do anywhere near as well as the athletes. But I'm just, um, yeah, I want to I wanna kind of get my audience back. It's my goal for 2024. I feel like this year, the last six months, I've kind of lost my audience a little bit. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm just keen to kind of bring things back a bit to the, the core thousand people that actually follow me and love me, you know? How how come? What's going on? How come? What what why? I don't know. I just feel like I just don't feel right about like I feel like I'm better off giving that video to the athletes to post and for them to get all the you know, get all the the credit for it, you know? Like they can they can tag me in if they want to. I don't I don't care too much anymore. I feel like I've just gone past that point of like it's not a, like I don't have to get I don't have to get anything anymore from the content. Like I love what I do, I'm enjoying what I do, you know, I'm just pumped to hang out with these athletes. So um yeah, so I'm just yeah, and I've I've always wanted to be I've always wanted to be the main character in the story. You know, that was the ultimate goal was to create a channel that people follow me for who I am. You know, they actually subscribe to the channel because I'm on it and they like what I do and they like kind of following my life. So I want to yeah I want to do that and not just uh, talk let, about the cross space. Let me ask you a question about that. So with most people, I would never ask them this because I I think I know the answer. I think the answer is like when people say, um, uh. I want to be famous. And, and you're like, why? Because like, I want to be famous. I want it to be about me. I want to be famous. Or, you know, I hate to pick on Noble, but it, um, I love to pick on Noble. They created the name before they had a product. You know what I mean? Or another one of my friends yeah, created yeah. a nonprofit before they knew what they were going to get behind. They just knew they wanted to do good. And I, for some reason, I don't think you want to do it for that reason. I don't think you want to be famous. Why do you want it to be about you then? Oh, there'll, there'll be a, a human element where, you know, it's, it's nice to be known, it's nice to be famous. But I think I I want to make a difference. And the more influence you have, the more difference you can make. Um, yeah, and I feel like... You know what's funny? That's yeah, what Hiller like says too. Hiller says, I want to inf I want to make a... I want, to, I want a voice so that I can make a difference. Yeah, and I feel like there's but a um, there's a scripture. You know what you want your message to be? Is it the way you carry yourself, like as a man? Yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a scripture that where Paul Paul says, "Follow me or imitate me. Imitate me as I imitate Christ." So look at my life and learn from that and follow me. He's so confident in the way that he lives that he's like, "Watch my life and imitate it because it's going it's going to turn out well for you." And so uh, that sounds really arrogant, but I'm like. I do feel like I have a message and a way. I feel like I've got something to share with the world. Um, and I just want to be able to, yeah, I want to be able to kind of share that. And, and I want to see people happy and uh, and living life to the fullest. And I feel like I can inspire them to do that. And so, um, yeah, I just love building a community. Like, I feel like this online community is, is real as well. You know, like people think sometimes, um, me and you, we get to meet, like we get to go to events, actually meet some of the people that follow us online. It's, and it's, to me, it's, it's very real, you know? So I like building a community. Um, and I feel like I've lost that uh, with posting stuff about other athletes, not about myself. So I want to, yeah, I just want to strengthen that community again and, uh, and grow it, grow the tribe, you know, grow the tribe that follow me. And um, we can, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Probably the same reason I started an affiliate, you know, like just want to help, like trying to help people somehow through, through the way that I live and the message that I have. Yeah. And not necessarily a Christian message. I mean, it's like, I don't want to necessarily, um, you know, offload my, my religious beliefs on people, but, um, 
but just when it comes to family and you know raising kids and being fit and healthy and just that message you know the message of being a good dad you know a good human um you know a person that's getting uh, getting on in life i'm not getting on life, but you know i'm a I'm in my 30, like late 30s, you know, pushing 40, and it's cool to just connect with other dads and other people that are of similar, similar stage of life and just share stories. And yeah, so that's probably the main reason I want to grow my channel is just to have more of those people come in and follow along. And um, yeah, it's a big support support network, network, really. When I went to the games this year, that was the first time I've ever interacted with anyone in three years from my show it was a trip dude that's cool man i like it, it was a, I, I was surprised how much i liked it i was not looking forward to it at all i had a whole plan on how to avoid it, everyone in the comments <laughs> and, 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 I, and I, but but it was crazy because every single person i met was like a, I, maybe i was afraid of the emotion i would feel maybe i was running from maybe I, th I thought it was because i wanted to i needed i had work to do maybe it was i was running from the the intimacy of it but it was crazy intimate and part of me wishes i could have done more but i also knew that i was there to work right yeah yeah but it was it was crazy. I love, yeah it was crazy looking I love people. people's eyes yeah, no, I love meeting people that follow the channel and um, and actually getting to connect in real life, you know, but um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely an element of, um, it's, you know, it's nice to be recognized, it's nice to be known. I'm not going to deny that. There's definitely that element of like, ah, oh, it's it's cool to, you know, it's cool to have people follow your stuff and watch your stuff. It's, that's, yeah. And um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but yeah, I do I do hope that my motivation is, uh, is bigger than that. It's, it's healthier than that, yeah. Hey, do you think that in any way you're um, there's stuff you're holding back? Um, do you think that there's any ways you're dimming your own light so that you can fit in? I don't sense that about you, but I know as humans, we all do it. 100%. 100%. I posted a video recently. I think you commented on it. Um, I was just talking about what it means to me, what it means to me to be a man. I think it was on Father's Day. Mm. I posted a video and it was, it was a challenging video to post because I was like, Oh, how are people going to respond to this? You know, because um, it was a bit of a, a bit more of a heartfelt, like speaking out on what I believe kind of thing. You know, uh, I was kind of just testing the testing the waters in a sense. Maybe go down the more. I'm sitting in the lounge room. Down more, down more. Should be coming up soon. Yeah, there, the one on the left there, sitting oh, in the lounge. Yeah. That one, yeah. yeah, yeah. Funny enough, it's probably got. Um, what did that say? Your temporary block from what? Oh, I, it started that shit up again today. I don't know what it is. So <laughs> but, um, isn't that crazy? I always have something going on with Instagram. It's crazy. Oh, I lost your audio. I think. Oh. No problem. Take your time. I'm going to play this video for a second. Mean to be a man. That's the thought that runs through my head on a Monday morning as I sip my coffee. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yesterday was Father's Day and we celebrated fathers and men around the world. And I feel like in today's day and age, it can be hard to be a man. The world seems to be uh, devaluing or breaking down. So this is basically you know, a, soft, I'll call a soft launch, a soft launch into speaking about something that I'm like, feel very passionate about, you know? So there's definitely stuff. I think it's definitely stuff that I hold, hold uh, to myself because I'm, I'm scared to share it based on how people react. And I'm keen to push like coming back to the whole Benji thing, you know, like, um, 
why, you know, why am I scared? Like, why am I, why don't, don't I want to share the stuff that I feel passionate about, you know? Um, and so, yes, I'm trying to try to be brave in the sense and push the boundaries and, and sharing more of that stuff, you know? So, um, yeah, so to answer your question, yes, I think I do, I think I do hold, hold back. Um, like I said, again, people please. And I think you said something recently on one of your podcasts, which was really interesting. You said, I'm, I'm, I'm not skeptical, but I don't trust people that are always nice. I think you said, yeah. I, I agree with that. And I think I fall into the category of someone who's always trying to be nice. Um, and for good reason. Like, I think, you know, what, there's nothing wrong with wanting to make people feel good and make people happy. But, um, but yeah, it does become a problem when you don't, when you hold things back and don't speak out on things that you feel passionate about because you're worried about how people are going to perceive it or react. There. So uh, that's definitely something I want to do more of. And I think, yeah, I think I'll, I'll surprise myself when I do uh, at how, yeah, probably just, create some more depth in the following you know like um because there's probably lots of people that think and feel the same way and it's it's encouraging when you hear someone else speak out on topics that you feel you know, the same about i think that's what people probably um, resonate with your content because you're not afraid to speak out on things that you're passionate about and um, say things that people are scared to say and so your audience you know they feel the same way and they love it so yeah that's cool um you inspire me mate you inspire me Sivan. thank you um uh you know, I, I learned that from uh, Dave Castro that um, he's not he's when I say Dave's not nice, it, it, um, I'm not speaking in a world of duality where I'm suggesting he's not nice. I'm just saying he's not nice. Right. So if I said I don't like you, I'm not saying I dislike you, Vicky. I'm just saying I don't like you. So maybe I love you, but I'm not saying I dislike you. But I notice that when I'm nice, I'm a lot of times I'm what I'm doing is that I'm doing at the cost of uh uh, integrity. So I was spending my integrity in order to be nice. And uh, integrity is uh, niceness is silver and integrity is gold. I would rather because I rather be around people who have integrity than who are nice. Yeah. Right. And so for me, that was kind of like a turning point for me. And, and that's I kind of heard you saying in the beginning of the show, too, when I hear you say do stuff more for me. I had another friend explain it to me like this. I can be my best 10 percent to the world when I've given 90% of myself to myself. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And then you can go full bore giving to people. I mean, just yeah. blast them with the light. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's um, uh, there is, um, what did I see up here? I may have to refer to my notes. Uh, the channel is oh oh Jack De La Magdalena. Yeah, I'm so, not really a UFC guy, so I'm not going to do any justice. But go. Ahead. But do you know that I had this guy on my podcast when he was no. like, what? Yeah, he's been on like three times, but now that he's big time, he motherfucker won't come on. He still texts with me, but I can't get him to come back on. Classic. But he, he came on like three times. He's great. He is the man. Like I only met him for like an hour while he was training with these boys but um yeah just the most softly spoken nice dude and just you just know he's a savage but he's just so nice yeah so so do you know his story he lost his first two fights so he lost his first two fights and then he told his co his coach and him decided hey i'm gonna win my next 10 fights and he won his next 10 fights dude that's unheard of and now he's come to the ufc and he's undefeated unreal unreal and he's got to who's a massive UFC fan is a uh, Jay, uh, Jay Crouch. He's a massive UFC fan. And so for him to meet this guy, was, um, it was pretty special for Jay. Like he was, yeah, he was like a little boy around him. 
dude, it's nuts. He, I didn't realize he's so big. He he makes um uh Jake and uh, Jay kind of look sh- uh, small here. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely taller than yeah. Yeah, it might just be the angle, but yeah, you're right. He does look big. Yeah. Hey, oh, and I guess Jake has his feet pretty far back. Hey, where's the video of Jake that you were saying that just went bonkers? Oh, yeah, it'll be back back further down to, to um, towards the start of the year, towards Torian, keep going down. You should see the Torian content a bit further down. How is your golf? Are you any good? I play off like a 15 handicap, I'd say, 15 to 17, so it's not bad. Um, I go all right. I've only been playing for six months or so. What does that mean, 15 to 17 handicap, meaning that you shoot that over par? That's your average yeah. over par? Okay. Yeah, roughly. Uh, here we go. So that one there, that one there, the one in the middle. Yeah. Um, click on that. Does it tell you how many? Had a quarter million, I think. Hey, what happened at the game? Is he overheated? Um, I think it was a tad on the heavy side. Yeah, definitely heat stroke that first event, I reckon. Um, but also, he was a little bit too heavy at the games this year. So I think, um, yeah, I think one of his big goals this year is to, uh, yeah, to lose like 10 kgs, I think. Um, so I think he's working pretty closely with, with Fraser to, to achieve that, to get the, get the weight down and um, just be a different beast next year, yeah. What, what, uh, how incredibly uh, photogenic is, you know, his face doesn't even look human. He looks, it's surreal looking. He, uh, I guess that's Scottish. He's Scottish. I'm not sure what where I'm not sure where he's come from, but it's yeah, he's got beautiful blue eyes and just the body of a god. I like just <laughs> Yeah, he's just the he's just the funniest dude as well. He's a great guy to be around. He's a dad and he's just mature and just yeah. He can be he can be a great athlete, I reckon. He's gonna do well this year. Uh, he was on the podcast and, and um, when I was doing the behind the scenes, he was a complete gentleman to me. Everyone was. Everyone was so cool there. Everyone's so cool. Yeah, the Aussie, especially Aussie athletes, they they're really special people. Right? The Aussies, they're such down to earth, humble people. So, uh, yeah, I love to I get to work with the Aussie athletes. Hey, why is that? I, I was I was I didn't think I was actually going to get to this question, but since you bring it up, I might as well bring it up. Um, uh, let me see this video. Uh, you guys look like you're having real fun and not just Instagram fun. Like I can't believe how real this stuff feels. Look at this video here. You guys are just our cool dudes. Look at this shit. Justin Power. I can see him fighting one day. You want to say Trap Daddy Croft? <laughs> Buy a Lambo and get the followers up. Oh my God. I love Jay Crouch. I don't know why. That right. kid, he's, you watch. He's going to be a cross against champion, that guy. He's so, oh, so, so good. And he's now that he's working with Tia and, and Shane, he's just mixed with the line warmer. Let's go. He talks now uh, too. The first time I interviewed him, I'm like, "Oh my god, dude!" I told yeah, him, "I'm like, you can't come on the show unless you bring a chaperone." And so he started bringing yeah. Rob Forte with him. <laughs> but nah, now he's, he's changed. Good. Yeah, now he's yeah. good. He's all good. I think he spent two weeks. Him and him and his girlfriend Maddie Stir. They spent two weeks at Tia's house, and they yeah. came back changed. Like honestly, both of them just mentally, they've they've just switched switched the gear after spending time with Tia. I think um something's just clicks in his brain, like. I shot, I shot with him last week for Reebok, and it's the first time I heard him say that confidently his goal this year is to win the CrossFit Games, and he's never said that before. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to watching him this season. But, yeah, these guys, are, like, honestly, they're just they're all good mates. 
I've stayed at all the houses. Like we're just good friends and um, it is real fun. Yeah. Did those guys just kiss on the lips? Yeah, that's <laughs> no on the cheek. That good guy's a chiropractor, but he's a loose unit. Yeah. <laughs> he's a loose unit. Hey, so um, so there's something a little more authentic about these Very guys, Australian guys. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I can't really comment on other communities around the world, but the Aussie athletes are all just such good mates. Like they're just they're generally good friends, and they cheer. They they like cheer for each other. There's no beef. Like I don't have any beef between any athletes here. They all just they all just champion each other and have fun and work hard. And yeah, it's pretty special. Hey, look at this. It, it, since I don't have the audio on, it's not pausing it. No, right, nice. And then when I turn the audio on, it does that weird. Uh, <laughs> Pause it. Damn, his body's crazy. Your body's crazy. <laughs> hey, how um so so do you do you know Tia? We know each other, yeah. We haven't spent a lot of time together. Um I've never I've never like done a job with Tia. Like I've I've shot her at an event when I was working for the event. I've never done like a job just you know shooting with her. So um so yeah, we, we say hi when we shoot each other and but we don't, yeah, we've never like hung out. So I wouldn't say like, I wouldn't say we're friends. You know? I'll ask you, Jay, do you, what do you think it is? Do you think that, um, uh, that she, what do you think it is that being around her that elevated, um, uh, Jay Crouch's game and Maddie's game? Do you think, um, do you think that she believes in him and he sensed that you think it's, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think it's a belief. Yeah. The belief that she has in them that's kind of rubbed off. Um, but also I think they've just, just watching her train, even just, you know, what she gave birth what i don't know how long ago was it five months whatever it is but yeah just spending time with her and watching her train and her, her belief in herself i think have just um inspired them to to believe in themselves more you know um yeah so i just, I just sense that they both just back themselves a bit more this season yeah hey would you ever open an affiliate again vicky nah i don't think so because uh, you're too old do you think you're too old for that game? You think that's a young oh, no, 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 not at all. It's, just, it's really hard. It's really yeah. hard being an affiliate. It's, it's not easy. Um, I think a lot of affiliate a lot of affiliate owners put on a you know brave face and smile and say it's all going well. I think there's a lot of affiliates out there that are really struggling and doing really tough. Um, have a lot of stress, you know, like having families and running a gym. It's just, it's it's not easy. Um, I, w- I would venture to say that majority of affiliates struggle. I would venture to say financially. Do you think that um, it was a waste of your time? Or are you glad you did it? No way. No, that was that was by far the most, the richest years of my life was running across the affiliate. Like the, mm. yeah, I miss the community. Like I train by myself at home now. Um, I have some friends who come over and train with me, but I, I think 2024 I might join an affiliate again because I really miss the community. Um, there's nothing like across the community. It's um, yeah, it's pretty unique and special. So no, those years were the, the best years of my life. I loved it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. basically, people open a gym, they're passionate about it, they want to share the message. It's so hard that they, but they, and they don't want to let, the, but, and they love the community. And, but there's only, that's only sustainable for so long. Well, I think, I think most of these affiliate owners come into it loving fitness, but having zero business knowledge. They don't know how to operate a business. So they just do it on, they, they just run their business of being great people. Um, but that only goes for that only lasts for so long. You need to have business systems and processes in place. You need to know how to retain members and how to attract new members. And 
um, yeah, so I think most of them just don't have the business smarts. And so they kind of struggle through those initial years and they might ask for help and, and kind of fix things. But um, I think a lot of them create a big mess at the start by just not having the business smarts and the systems in place to have a sustainable business, you know? Um, yeah. Did you, um, did you um, use any mentors? Did you use Two Brain or anyone like that? So I mentioned my buddy Ty, uh, his business is called Vive, Vive Group. Um, so I got him on board. When we decided to move to Australia, I reached out to him and said, look, we're moving to Australia. I need to train up my staff and my members. I need systems because I'm not going to be here. Um, all the all the processes and systems were up in my head. I did everything. Um, so I needed to kind of put it on paper and train staff to actually run the gym. And so he came over and spent a weekend with me and we just um, – yeah, we got it all on paper, created some systems, and then a plan to kind of train my staff over the next six months before we moved over. And so, um, yeah, that that really really changed changed the game for me. Like I was able to leave the country and still see the gym thrive because we had systems in place that um, yeah they worked. So yeah, I definitely reached out to someone. I wish I did it earlier. Um, I kind of struggled struggled by myself for a long time, just too proud to kind of say that I was struggling. You know, um, I think a lot of affiliate owners do that. They just kind of say things going well, but yeah, I think there's probably more that struggle that, that we know, I reckon. Hey, um, if, if you had a, Vicky, if you had a message, if you had some advice or a message to give to the owners of CrossFit, is there anything you would say to them? I mean, you don't have to, but I'm just curious what you, what advice you would give to them as a former affiliate owner. Do you have any thoughts? I would on say, um, yeah. Well, first of all, I would, if you have open gym, I would get rid of open gym altogether and put classes there instead. Um, you can you can fill class any time of the day. There are people that will come to a CrossFit class any time of the day. You don't you don't need to have open gym times. Um, I think the members that come along to open gym times are often your your biggest nightmares. You know they're the ones that they use the gear that much. They stay around for two hours, do their own thing. They follow other programs. They're not really bought into the community. I think they can be really toxic um, mm. a toxic environment. The open gym environment. You know the members that you want are the ones that come to classes that trust your programming that are part of the community, trust your coaching. Like the thing that says CrossFit apart is the coaching, you know, it's, it's you get, you get actual coaching. So why would you come to open gym and follow some online program when you've got, you know, qualified coaches there? Um, so that, you know, it's not nice to hear because I know most CrossFit gyms have open gym times and I know it's a nightmare. They won't, they might not admit it, but it's, um, that's, that's a practical piece that I would say. If you are starting a, a gym, don't even go down the route of open gym. Just strive to put classes on all to all hours of, <clears throat> all hours of the day, you know. Um, they, I drive past my 24-hour gym down the road at like 11 or midnight, and there's people in there working out at midnight at a 24-hour global gym. You know, why can't they be in your CrossFit gym at midnight? You know, it's like there's people that train all hours of the day. So I would try and do whatever I can to fill classes up throughout the whole day and not have open gym stuff. And then just charge more, like back yourself more, charge more. Um, yeah, don't don't be afraid to up your prices. You know, like once, twice a year. Yeah. How about to the owners of CrossFit, to the the people who purchased it, to to like the president, like to Don Fall? Do you have any no. thoughts, Do you have any thoughts on what HQ? I mean, I mean, do you think that they know what they've purchased? I think you could know. Maybe Don. I mean, Don might have some idea more so than some of the other people that have come on board. I don't have great insights into any of this stuff. Like, I don't know who they've employed and what their backgrounds are. But I mean, it's pretty tough when, when the person that started it is not there anymore. Like, I think because of the nature of, of our, you know, of the sport that we I love. Mean, you, just said, you just said they're selling affiliates in training, and you just said, hey, the affiliates are probably 
let's say half of them are struggling. I mean, they bought something. These aren't fucking McDonald's. No, nah. no. Nah. <laughs> they didn't yeah. sell 100,000 burgers over Veterans Day. Yeah, exactly. Seven yeah. Them, you know what I mean, right? I think, I think honestly, I think affiliate owners need to not rely on CrossFit HQ. Like, yeah, pay for the, pay for the name because I believe the name is worth it. I think the name is worth $5,000 a year. Like, the, the brand recognition is enough. And then just take ownership for your own stuff. Like, don't rely on CrossFit oh. HQ. Just, um, you know, reach out to a business owner, a business coach, get some systems in place, and just take responsibility for your own business. Because I don't, I don't think HQ is coming to save anyone. You know, um, end of the day, it's your business, and it's you got to like, it's not a franchise for a reason. You know, like it's an affiliate model for a reason, so we can have freedom to express it the way we want to do it. You know, and so, yeah. I think just pay your pay your five grand or your three grand, take the name and then just do your own thing and take responsibility for it, you know. Um, yeah, I don't really know what's out of the crossroads. Uh, I, I wonder what I, I wonder as I hear you say that how because they need to monetize it, they need to make money, they invested money into it. They, it's like they bought it, you know what I mean? Like if I if I bought a truck and I want to drive it across the country and you're telling me it can't make it there, I'm gonna to try to fix my truck so I can make it there, right? Yeah. But my concern is, is that what if they break it while they're while they're trying to uh, fix it to get driving yeah. across the country? But it is theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there. they need to they need to make sure that they keep the people that were there from the start, the Dave Castros, the Nicole Carrolls. They they can't afford to lose any more of the OGs, um, no. you know. And if anything, they need to bring some more back if they can. People that are true OG CrossFitters that understand the culture. Um, or just sell it back to Greg, you know, or, or bring Greg back to some, bring, bring Greg back. I don't know. He probably wouldn't come back, but who knows? You'd buy it for $5, I bet. Um, uh, hey, tell me the story about how you dropped your camera in the beginning of the show. You said you dropped your A7S3. What happened to it? Uh, I was just filming my golf content, but I was filming on a monopod. So it wasn't a tripod. Uh -huh. So I just had the camera standing up on a monopod on the fairway while I was hitting a ball. The, the, the monopods that have the, the kind of three, three little legs. Yeah. Yeah, and, so it was It just leaned over in the grass because of the mud or the dirt, and it just yeah it fell over, and the screen just snapped off. So it still works, but it needs to be repaired. Um, so, but like you know, it's like a was that the end of your filming day when that happened? No, no, I kept filming. I was pretty pissed off, but I kept, I kept playing, kept filming. Um, yeah, it's pretty heartbreaking when your four and a half thousand dollar camera falls over and breaks. Yeah. Hey, is that the um, is that the worst camera accident you've had? That sounds. I mean, I'm trying to think of any bad. Yeah. I've had one, I, but not that. Not even close to that. Nice. It was back in the old days. I had my camera sitting on the GHD, uh -huh. and I forgot that it was sitting there. And I picked up the GHD and started dragging it across gym, uh, across my my gym, and it fell. Um, it fell off the GHD, and the screen screen cracked as well. So I've had a couple of screen kind of screens break, but um, that's about it. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Hey, what time? What time is it there behind you? Uh, what are we now? It's. 3.30 in the afternoon. So I think so, the athlete briefing is at 4.30. So one more hour and then the athlete's briefing here. And, and you're strictly there just as a, as a fan, just to hang out, just to watch? Or? Yeah, so this is, my, this is my first CrossFit, like big CrossFit event in five years that I'm not filming for any brand or any event. I'm just here to create my own vlogs and just hang out. So they've given me full access behind the scenes oh. so I can create some CrossFit routine and um, actually watch some CrossFit for a change rather than watching a, watching a screen. Yeah. But, but, but you probably will be watching the screen a lot of time because it's what you love doing. Yeah. Yeah. 
I won't. I won't worry too much about filming on the on the floor. I'll be more. Um, I'll be more hanging out in the warm up area, filming behind the scenes content. Um, yeah, more fun stuff hanging out with the athletes behind the scenes. Uh, hey, it was great talking to you. Thank you for doing this. Thanks for choosing an incredible backdrop. Thanks, I love man. It. Yeah. Yeah. I had Thanks, man. Appreciate you bringing me on. Finally. Yeah. Long time coming. I, I was practicing. I did fifteen hundred uh, practice runs um, before I got to you. I'll be happy to come back on anytime. So you just you just give me a text. I'll be there. Hey, are you are that? I would love to do that. Are you pretty? Do you follow the season pretty well? Are you? Are you? Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah, very we do, all, very sorts, we do all sorts of weird shows. Hey, do you know um Pedro from Coffee Pods and Wads? Yeah, I know Pedro well. Yeah, I've been on this been on his show before, and we caught up with the game this year. Oh, cool. Um, okay, great. He got that new show he launched today. Did you see that? I don't have time for another show. I watch your show. I watch, <laughs> Craig, I watch Craig's vlogs and I watch the Buttery Bro vlogs. Basically, I watch you, you Craig, and the Buttery Bros, my three uh, CrossFit. And I'll, I'll click on Hiller's videos every now and then. Watch a bit of Hiller every now don't and then. Get, but... Don't get addicted to Hiller. He's too popular. Nah, hey, no. um, hey uh, um, uh, uh, Pedro's new show is funny. It's good. It's is intense. It? Yeah, it's it's funny, it's he stole that Death by show from Lauren Khalil, but he doesn't let people <laughs> ramble. Like you just start talking some bullshit or you talk too much, he just mutes you and goes, "Okay, next person." It's fucking. He's a great. He's a great host, guy. Dude, it's yeah. so good. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. All yeah. right. Uh, good to hang out with you, uh, Vakey. Good to say your name uh, right a dozen times. Um, if you see uh, Crouch and uh, Maddie and uh, Jake, uh, 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 tell them I said hi. I can't wait to hopefully, um, if I don't fuck it up, I see him again next year at the games. Will do, man. Love it. All right, brother. Yeah, stay in touch. Um, we, uh, we have each other's numbers now, and uh, if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. Appreciate you, bro. Cheers. See you, man. Bye. Vicky. It's Din Beth. It's Din, it's Din Beth. Damn. Good dude. Oh, I should have asked him. Have you ever slept with Kate Gordon? That would have been a good question. Whew. Top five all-time backdrops. Yeah. May, oh God, top one. No, I don't need a break. No, you know what I'm going to do now? <clears throat> I'm going into the uh, garage. I started prepping for Tommy G last week. And um, and, and, then, and then while I was in there prepping, it was like fucking who knows? It was fucking nine o'clock at night. He texted us and said, hey, I can't make the show. So I like halfway prep for the show. And I probably have another two hours. So I'll stay up till 1030 tonight. I started sweating like a dog. Um. Oh, Miss Redow. No, you didn't. Sevy, do you need a break? No, I don't, dear. Good, because you don't get a break from D's nuts. No, uh, Tyson Bajan didn't cancel. Uh, we we didn't we didn't bug him this week. Gave Mr. Bajan a a break. What's this about? What? 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 Oh, uh, I don't know what you're saying. What? Sorry, I'm texting. With J.R. Howell, it's important. Um, 
All right. Uh, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You're crazy. Yes, always. Always. Um, God. Uh, listen, uh, if you live in Australia, if you live in Australia, CA peptides sent males to Australia. Okay. Now, they've never had any issues through customs, but if it does get fucked up there, that's your socialist ass problem. But they've never had any problems. But if it does, it's your fault. It's your problem. It's your government. But they've never had any problems. So if you live over there on the beautiful island of Australia and you want to get some terzepatide CJC-1295 BPC-157 Oh, I better better get my shot in tonight. I'm uh I'm pretty sure Vakey is starting a billeton company. Is that true? Like that beef jerky company? Really? Is that true? Isn't that like a beef jerky company? Like that weird South African beef jerky? It's not very good. I've had it. People like swear by it. I've had it. I don't think it's very good. Uh, Allegra, so sevy. Guessing that's a typo. Uh, about those behind the scenes, anytime soon? Well, I thought you'd never ask. Will, do you have any idea when the behind the scenes are coming out? It's all over his Instagram. I was just on his Instagram. I don't see shit on, uh, Vakey's Instagram about B- Billetong, Billetong. What are you talking about? What do you mean he's going to start a billetong company? How you can't, there's already a company that sells. Excuse me. I don't see it. Jack de la Madalena. I don't see it. Oh, and I know what you're going to tell me in his story, in his story. Here. Andre Agassi, Vakey, Sydney, Down Under Championships. You're tripping, boo. And look, it's not. Oh, here, I'll go to his link tree. Let's see his link tree. Oh, shit. There it is. South African. Billet Biltong made the right way delivered to your door. All right. You think they ship to the US? It's supposedly the best shit. I wonder what kind of crap is in this. God, I love these sticks. Oh, here we go. Oh, there's something else in there besides this. That cannot be. What the? Where the fuck are the ingredients? Hmm. Oh, it's their secret recipe. 
<laughs> Crafted with our secret recipe you means someone jerks off on it. Come on, what do you mean your secret recipe? Anyway. I was sharing the screen, wasn't I? You skipped it. It was the fourth story. What? Seriously? Oh, I wasn't sharing the oh sorry. I was, I was okay. I wasn't sharing the screen. Here we go. Uh um uh this shit. Uh Andre Agassi, he's running. Sydney. No, this is Lean Mue Mu. That's the chips. Lean Mu. I don't even know what that is. That you're saying this is it? Is this his, is this Vakey's, why didn't he to talk about this? I fucked this up for him? Oh, damn. Is this his, um, oh, man. Oh, look at this, voted Australia's worst vegan snack. That's funny. Yeah, I guess that's his camera bag right there, right? Look at it. A little drone. The guy's good at what he does. Click on it, bro. Oh, that's a different company, too. Zach Jones, secret means sugar. Oh, I always go straight to semen. All right. Uh, um, what else? Tommy G tomorrow, 8 a.m. I showed you the giant boobs on the trampoline this morning. Let me see what's going on on the calendar. Uh, tomorrow, Tommy G. Then in the afternoon, uh, shut up and scribble. We've started talking to Wadapalooza about, oh, and then Friday, Greg Hammond from C2. Oh, that's going to be fun. And then uh, I don't see anything on Saturday and Sunday. Dude, did you guys see this? Let me show you this really quick before I go. Did you see this? Uh, Alex, um, do you guys remember that guy that was on the show? Um Alexis. Oh, I'm so I'm so over my Instagram being screwed up. Did you guys see this? Do you guys remember this guy who was on the show? He's been on twice. Alexis Landot, the French guy. Do you guys remember this guy? He's the urban climber. Do you guys remember this guy? He just climbed the the tallest building in the world. That building that those CrossFitters ran up at the Dubai Fitness Challenge. Look at this. This dude climbed up the outside of it. 
This is insane. Look at him with that old guy up there. That I think that guy climbed the World Trade Center or something. Before it got, you know. Look at that. Oh, I want to throw up. Ugh. Oh, my goodness. This dude's on peptide for sure. Oh, my goodness. Oh, he's got a rope to him. I wonder what he thinks about that. Wow. Oh, look at that. Do you guys see that? I wonder if he ever fell. Yeah, anyway, Sousa reached out to him today. Dude. Wouldn't that be crazy if we got him back on the show? Oh. What a dream come true. Our dudes, our dudes ran up the stairs on the inside. This guy climbed on the outside. Yeah, I know. It makes my insides hurt a little bit too. Oh shit, my mouse froze. Son of a bitch. That means I can't even end the show if I wanted to. What the fuck is going on? Backup mouse, backup mouse. Always two mice. See backup mouse, wired mouse. <sighs> All right. Uh tons of crazy guests lined up. The the, the thing is uh um uh we have shows scheduled to December. Oh, you want to hear something crazy? This uh, this is good. This is at the end of the show. You guys remember that bear that um, so Froning put that picture of that uh, bear that he got. He got it. The bear that got the Froning, and then um, then he did a podcast about it. Right. There, I am trying to get another flat earther. I'm trying to get this guy. This guy who made the movie Beyond the Curve or something. But anyway, so Froning then did a podcast with the bear. Well, now next Wednesday, next Wednesday they have a video coming out that takes him that where he does the hunt, and you get to go on the hunt in this uh, mayhem video with Froning, and he gets the bear. So we're gonna get to see the whole video. But here's the best part: that video premieres Wednesday, and then Thursday he's coming on the show. So Wednesday, we all got to watch that video. And then when he comes on, I'll open up the phone lines and we can ask him all sorts of crazy questions, right? Like, did he get any ticks? How was the meat? Um, can we arrange a cage match between some of the jackasses in your comments and Luke Parker? Anyway. Bernie Gannon digging for a deep for a late night joke. It wouldn't have to be a tall skyscraper. Just say it is and let Dave's team measure the height. Damn. Not cool, man. Not cool at all. That's ah, kind of cool. Funny. Shit, my mouse still doesn't work. What do you think happened to my mouse? Oh, you think maybe the battery died? Hmm. All right. Oh, wow. God. Sarah Cox is a good dude. I don't know why I'm doing this, but um, 
Oh, wow. Do you guys remember? I just saw an email come in. Do you guys remember those thousand movies of uh, Dale King's? Uh, remember uh, Dale King was on the show with Greg, and Greg says he was going to buy a thousand copies of that movie to give away for free? I just saw an email come in to show how we can give away those thousand copies. That's crazy. Uh, this is the camera. This is the camera that... um. Oh my God, I don't even see it. Oh. Yeah, this is the uh, camera that I um, that I was telling Vakey he should get. Where is it? Um, I don't know why they're selling it like this. It's weird that they're selling it like this. I'll show it to you guys. This camera won, like, it not only did it win camera of the year by so many fucking people, but it won, like, uh, best technological fucking upgrade for 2024 from some magazine. I can't remember. It's fucking crazy. No, FX30 is amazing, too. But the FX3 is on a whole nother fucking level. I don't know why it's supposed to come with a handle. I don't know why they don't sell that one. Mine came with this crazy cool handle. This thing. No, not that thing. I don't... Oh, that thing. On top. Anyway. Shit ain't cheap. But damn, it's good. All right. Love you guys. Uh, see you in the morning. Right? Tommy G. He's killing it. Uh, first time we had him on, he had 400,000, 380,000 YouTube subscribers. Now he's gone up over 1 million. Um, if you haven't seen any Tommy G uh, movies, go over to Tommy G on YouTube. They're short. They're fun. They're informative. You'll love them. Check out his documentaries. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.